The Click owns this business. Coming down the aisle, Bimbo, Jimbo, baby, who is? You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Give me a hell yeah. Today, woo, I've got the stop and profile like never before. From our 1077 The Bone Studios in downtown San Francisco, this is In The Click. Bimbo Jimbo alongside my tag team partner, Baby Huey. Hello and welcome again, everybody. We're live, pal. Hey, buddy. How's it going? It's going well. We have, uh, you know, just as I reflect, we're going we're gonna to get into TakeOver, the Royal Rumble, Raw, SmackDown, all the news that came out. It's like... I, I I just had this sort of prevailing thought. Be, you know, it'd be nice if they took like a little break after after a big show after Royal Rumble just to let us catch our breath. But we are on the straightaway to WrestleMania, and I guess that's why they call the next. You know, they they have Fast Lane coming up, although Elimination Chamber in between. It's a very bumpy road to WrestleMania right now. I was gonna say not stop. What a time. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> what a time to have a wrestling show or a podcast or whatever media platform you're on there's so much news i thought uh you know it's like man when we first started the podcast i was like i hope we have enough stuff to talk about every week i mean we're at the point now i think too there's, much there's too week. much and we there's can't get much. to it all yeah i think we could easily do a daily show if we absolutely had, if we had the time and yeah. the resources the money and the financing yeah we should start a patreon Talking page people upstairs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throw some more sinuendo our way and uh and we'll do it but, but yeah no, I, you're, you're absolutely right. It is a never-ending uh, feed-the-beast scenario. 2019 has been an unbelievable start to the year as far as so much stuff to talk about. I mean, it's going back to first week of January. We had, of course, the unfortunate passing of Mean Gene, AEW announcement, following week, the rally. Uh, we, we, I guess, our own. I mean, DDP, Christian. I mean, uh, Royal Rumble, TakeOver. There's been so much going on in the last few weeks. This whole month has been... Even no if there was just WWE, we'd have, we'd have enough if there was even just WWE. Oh, absolutely. But there is more than that just to talk about, yes. and we, we will get into all that. But let us let us start with uh, what happened at NXT TakeOver Phoenix. Uh, Baby Huey, your your overall thoughts on just on the TakeOver event itself. Going into it, I'll be honest. I was like, all right, TakeOver, it's here. I'm exci- I always get excited for TakeOver shows. But I felt kind of the buildup for it was okay. Like there were some names and faces not on the card that I usually tune in for specifically. Case in point, Velveteen Dream, Adam Cole. And I was like, oh, they're not on the show. Well, I'll still tune in because I love NXT. But kind of like the other people filling in the the matches for the night, I was like, "Eh, it's okay. Buildup's okay. Some of these I felt were kind of thrown in together kind of last minute or as far as the last couple weeks of television. But... Oh my God! They hit it out of the park once again. They, they they follow their formula. It works as far as five matches, barely. I mean, just under three hours, more like two and a half hours. But literally every match had its own theme storyline. They told it very well, and I was super surprised. All of them clean finishes. Yeah, 
how smooth and fast and just entertaining the whole night was. Yeah, no, I, I thought they delivered once again. I don't think this one would would go down as my favorite takeover of Correct. all time. But yeah. that, I mean, that's just a nitpick uh, because I think there's a match of the year candidate in here, maybe two. If mm-hmm. you know, I but I think uh, Johnny Gargano and and Ricochet stole the whole weekend mm-hmm. uh, with their performance with one another, and I'm just so hopeful for the future of uh, both of those guys, uh, especially Ricochet on the main roster. I, I feel like. I don't know, a future world champion, I hope for him. I think he is a guy that when another one sort of a la AJ Styles, when they brought him in, I think they saw Ricochet as one type of performer, go down to NXT, ply his trade at 205 Live or something. I think they had him pigeonholed as a thir- certain thing. Okay. And I think he is like AJ Styles, which was when they brought him in. Oh, yeah, he'll be a mid-card guy. Forced you know, the issue, pushed the envelope, and became a world champion. And I see that for, for Ricochet as well. He is so damn good. Yeah, he's proving all the critics wrong. Yeah, or not or even critics, just, or... just the idea that there was this perception about him. He's too small. You know, he's this indie-style wrestler. But he uh, he is just absolutely outstanding and mm-hmm. continues to prove it night in and night out. But let's start uh, with the first match, uh, War Raiders and the Undisputed Era for the Tag Team Championships. <laughs> Man, okay, so... Can we reveal here at work? We do a little friendly pool. Yeah. Pick them. Um, so when I turn my picks in, I picked Undisputed Era to win this because going back to last week's episode, I assume Undisputed Era would retain because that way they're guaranteed to be at TakeOver come WrestleMania weekend. And considering how popular Undisputed Era as a stable is, you need them to kind of, you know, sell tickets. So I thought, okay, let them retain here. Let them defend at TakeOver Weekend, Mania Weekend, and probably drop it there. And then maybe after that, they get called up to Raw or SmackDown. That's what my long-term plan was thinking. But, of course, I was so wrong. And I knew I was wrong the moment the show started and War Raiders had that epic entrance. Their entrance was super sick. When I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, I lost this one. Because you don't get that epic of an entrance and Uh, lose. Tell that to Triple H. True. But like he he has had some of the most ornate entrances only to come up in defeat like his like Conan the Barbarian like Skull King one he I believe if I'm not mistaken he lost that match was that uh, to Seth uh, no that was before Seth I mean that was another one okay but he, I mean he always has a really ornate entrance so yeah uh, but well, that, that's the thing he gets so many yeah. now but that was very a very cool entrance for the War Raiders. I saw that I'm like oh. Damn it, I lost this one because, like, they're coming in, you know, guns blazing, the whole crew of, yeah. of Vikings. I was like, this is epic. And speed era. You know, they come out, do the thing, but it was much more minor. And then uh, um, I was just a little, I, I also thought they were going to retain because, okay, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish are not wrestling. They could easily get involved. And then also, I was watching the pre show, they won as tag team, and Bobby Fish claimed the golden uh, uh, bell. Yeah. I was like, Oh, he could easily run to the ring, use that as a weapon. It would be cool. Knock out War Raiders, and it kind of ties into the NXT year and award thing. So I was like, oh, perfect weapon. And then, like, he can joke, hey, I really knocked your bell out or something. I don't know, just some pun, some funny pun. That- yeah, somebody said that before, I'm sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, I had this initially in the front of the pre-show. I was like, oh, I have this one. But then come to the actual main show, I was like, oh, man. But nonetheless, it was still an entertaining match. Yeah, it was a very good match. Uh, I, I I would take a minor quibble in terms of why the Undisputed Era should have held on to the titles. Is 
I don't think NXT needs anyone to stay to sell out TakeOver anymore. I mean, they have such a machine going and such a stable the brand uh, is so strong, and the brand is so strong. They don't, they don't need any one particular person. As soon as somebody gets called up, they've done so well at just having the next guys absolutely ready to take over and, to, and carry that torch and the baton, whatever you want to say about it. Uh, and I think in this case, it, it makes sense because the Undisputed Era will probably get their rematch, maybe a multi-person tag at TakeOver or something like that, lose mm-hmm. again and then get called up okay. or, or what or what have you. Uh, but yeah, so War Raiders did prevail. I thought this was, man, tag team wrestling, especially in NXT, uh, always just puts on such a great performance. They did it again here. Whether or not they made the title switch or not, it, you know, it would, it would have been a great match. So Hanson, though, dude, showing, for a big guy showing off his athleticism, Jumping around. I mean, yeah. was the commentators were joking. Oh, he could be on 205 Live. Yeah, so really great match. That was followed up with uh, Matt Riddle uh, defeating Cassius Ono. Um, I, th- th- I mean, this this is one that I could take or leave, honestly. Yeah. You know, it, 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 didn't, do, it didn't do anything for me. Uh, I want to see more from Matt Riddle and st- it, it, beyond just the bro shtick and stuff like that. Give me a reason to care up to this point. You know, he's a talented guy, absolutely, and so mm-hmm. is Cassius Ono, but... This one was not only the, the the finish never in doubt, but I just was not really invested in the storyline all that much. So this this one to me sort of fell flat. Yeah, well, and I probably, you could easily say this is probably the least entertaining match on the card. And hopefully that was, this is the blow off match between them two. Now they can move on, do the separate thing. You'll turn Keith Lee and put Matt Riddle versus Keith Lee or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe Keith Lee kind of dukes it out with Cash's Ono for a little bit and then eventually goes back to Matt Riddle. I don't know in that sense, but, but yeah, they can, let's move on now. Okay. Dave, Matt Riddle's got him over twice now on the last two takeovers. So it's time to move on. Uh, the NXT North American championship match, as we talked about earlier, Johnny Gargano, uh, and Ricochet, uh, coming into this. I, I didn't think that I didn't want Gargano to win, even though I'm a huge Gargano fan, because long term I want him to vie for the NXT championship as a babyface against Tommaso Ciampa. You know, so I I figured Ricochet would retain here to continue on with his his great reign and everything like that was wrong. Uh, Johnny Gargano did prevail in a, in what I said earlier, a match of the year candidate. This was if if you watch one match from this takeover, I think this is the one to watch. I mean. Un- unbelievable and got to shout out uh, Gargano's uh, old school Iron Man entrance attire. That was super rad. Yeah, I was going to ask you, was that Iron Man inspired? Because the last take or few takeovers. He's had Marvel characters. Yeah, yeah. I was in the last three. Yeah. Because like, he had what Venom and then Captain America. He had a different Iron Man one, I think, as well. And Spider-Man one. Yeah. Um, Ricochet, wasn't his Spider-Man influence like Miles Morales? It looked like it, yeah. It was well, very, I'm glad he dropped the wings. Yes, uh, you know because like the the wings never really worked for me for uh, Ricochet's takeover attire. Even though I know he can fly, but you know those wings can't. So, but I know I dug I dug everything about this. Uh, this was just one of those matches that comes along and you'll remember it forever. So, really big kudos to them. What did you think about it? Well, it just uh, I mean, one okay. I'm glad Johnny won because. Okay, we've been calling him Mr. Takeover, but he's been kind of a little bit of a losing streak at the last couple of takeovers. So to kind of reestablish that nickname for him, he needed this victory, which bummed me out because I did pick a ricochet as well. But then like afterwards, I was like, damn it, I should have gone with Gargano because it makes you, sense. You can't you can't base your happiness or sadness about the picks though, baby <laughs> Huey. That's that like if that that's like that's like when you get too into like fantasy football and you start rooting for players on a team that you hate. That's a bad thing. Just you just got to enjoy the show. 
Like I picked Daniel Bryan to win at the Royal Rumble, but I was rooting hardcore for AJ Styles and would have and wanted him to win over myself winning the picks. But I was gonna say though, it, it's for for Johnny's sake as far as being a legit. Well, I mean, okay, let me rephrase that. As far as the way they've been building him up as Mister Takeover, that victory has a lot of weight to it. As far as reestablishing him as not only the new NXT North American Champion, but also as Mr. Takeover, he goes out there and delivers match of the night yeah. every time. Well, I'll offer this. Mr. WrestleMania doesn't have a winning record at WrestleMania, and that's okay because this is predetermined stuff. Johnny, win, lose, or draw, always delivers in matches whenever he performs. So I, I'm happy for him that he that he won in a sense, you know, because Gargano deserves all the plaudits in the world because he is such a talented wrestler. I am concerned moving forward with how this show ended and what we have going forward. Uh, I'm actually pretty man. And maybe this is why this takeover will rank lower in, in my tier because I'm not a fan of what they're teasing at the end, which we will get to. Okay. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know, sir. I don't like it. To okay. Mr. Horse from Ren and Stimpy, but let's get <laughs> into the, uh, the women's title match for NXT. Uh, Shayna Baszler did defeat Bianca Belair. So she is no longer undefeated, but that's okay. Uh, she showed so well in defeat, I thought, here. And that is one of the beautiful things that NXT constantly does is that even in a loss, you could still make a superstar. And it's almost a lost art, I feel like, sometimes on the main roster. But Bianca Belair, she lost here, but she's a way bigger star than she was going in. I think, yeah, because you tweeted that out uh, last summer, I think, in regards to, was it Orni, uh, Oni and Lorcan? Oni Lorcan and uh, yeah. Danny Birch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they lost to Undisputed Era... It was a phenomenal tag team match, and even though they lost, they they still look badass. Shine all the brighter. It's almost like yeah, Rocky Balboa, the, the first move, the first Rocky. Even in defeat, you win the crowd over. You're the uh, uh, fan favorite. But and this is a perfect situation for Shayna, uh, uh, for Bianca Belair. I like you and I have been talking about for weeks undefeated streaks like that. Sometimes it's good just to get them over with out of the way because sometimes it's one dimensional. Exactly. And too predictable. It's like, oh, here come another takeover match for that person. Well, you know, they're going to win. And if I have one complaint about NXT is that they do that storyline a lot. They do the yeah. undefeated thing a lot. And it's it gets tired. And, and so I, I hated them saddling Bianca Belair with that. You know, I think the perfect opportunity for her to have her first loss was actually against Nikki Cross. And they instead did like the double count out draw thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, here she she looked she looked great. If anything, okay, glad I do the hair whip more. Just as a side note, I love that move. Well, I was just going to say, one, I'm glad they... The streak ended on a takeover versus like just a, a Wednesday night episode. Yeah, I, I but think yeah, it's bigger fun. stakes that way. But also, I was just gonna say, um, in defeat, she still looks so badass. As far as didn't she have like all the girls on her shoulder, or um, she the way she was like carrying all of them, and the, the fact it took like multiple of them to beat her down and like literally almost like, like passed out. Yeah. So a la like Stone Cold or any other, you know. Uh, uh, fan favorite that just didn't give up. They just literally passed out from exhaustion. So I think the way they told this story and how they ended it, Bianca Belair, okay, now that the loss is out of the way, she can move on and become reestablish herself as the badass baby face or however they want to portray her the in between her. But that match was great for her. And plus, I still think she has a lot to grow still as a competitor and as a performer. So I'm really excited how for the rest of the year, but, Easily now, this proves that they can go to her 
for future takeover shows to whoever the situation might be. I'm curious how Shayna Baszler might take on the next takeover yeah. Mania weekend. But this match did a lot for Bianca Belair. Despite losing in the end, this is a great start for her long-term career on NXT. And down the road, whenever she does get called up to Raw or SmackDown, she has star-making power right there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, the NXT Championship match was Tommaso Ciampa defending against Aleister Black. Uh, to the surprise of very little people, I would say, uh, Tommaso Ciampa you successfully defended his title. My my only my only quibble with this match, and it is terrific, terrific contest. I don't like the name of uh, Ciampa's new finisher, <laughs> the the fairy tale ending, which I get. It's like a trolling name, which is which is awesome, but it's just it's not menacing enough for somebody like Ciampa. Uh, you, you know, what was he using before? I'm trying to he remember. He did the Project Ciampa, which was like the the powerbomb lung blower. He did the running knee. Uh, and, and so he did okay. those moves. So now he has like, almost like a Pearl river pedigree. Uh, yeah. And, where you lift them up and throw them back. Yeah. yeah. So it's cool move. Uh, and I get why they name the move that because it's, it's like an, of course it's not a fairy tale ending because nobody wants Champa to win, but I, but I would almost like rename it something like moment themed, like the, like Champa's moment or something like that. The heartbeat. But Nah, uh, but something, something to do with that as opposed to fairy telling, but that is a very minor, minor, uh, sort of. Just an observation. I love how he hugs the belly, kisses it. Loves Goldie. The way he kisses it, he's like, Mwah! like he makes this big Mwah! kiss sound effect. It's just like, man, he's ready to make out with that thing. Loves her. <laughs> Loves Goldie. It's no no greater love story in all in all of television than than that right there. But uh, I mean, I, I assume you enjoyed the match as well. Yeah, and and I think you and I were talking last week. We we assume Alistair Black out of everyone's probably gonna get called up very soon. So it doesn't make sense to put the belt back on him just to lose it again in a couple months. Or yeah. his long-term plans are not with NXT. It's Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to give him back the title. But nonetheless, I mean, God, Ciampa, just he always delivers. I mean, both guys in both the guys. ring, top tier. Yes, it's just oh, so good. And just um, I love the way they sold, like, Alistair Black. His knee was hurting. So it was tough for him to deliver black mass. And it was just like, yeah, it was good psychology. Like, yeah. Just all that. It was just like, that's like, oh, that's how you do storytelling. And all these matches, if I'm looking correctly, they all had pretty good length. I mean, wow. They had over 26 minutes for the main event. So told a lot of great storytelling in that time period. So no doubt before we transition into uh, the Royal Rumble itself, let's take a moment to plug all of our social channels where you can follow us. If you want to email us uh, any critiques, any suggestions, questions, anything like that, it is in the click at gmail.com. Very easy to follow us and, you know, subscribe to us on Instagram, Twitter and all that. It's at in the click. How easy is that? Wow. And Facebook as well. Do them all. Yes, seriously. Right now. Yeah, right now. And rate and review us on iTunes and wherever else you can do that kind of stuff. It's great. Comment, and, share and, with your friends. I was going to say, thank you to everyone who's been following along, like the, the day oneers, I guess. Can we call them that? The yeah. Click, and if, clickers. And if, and if you haven't, shame on you. Shame. <laughs> but literally, shame. In the last couple of weeks, like our Instagram page has been blowing up. Like everything's been. Doing really well. The numbers just keep growing. So yeah. thank you to everyone who's been helping. Yeah, we love the wrestling community. Yes. As a quick aside, I, I was uh, in the airport uh, this this weekend flying to San Diego, uh -huh. and somebody saw I was wearing um, my 
all elite wrestling sort of like uh you know jacket i guess sort of like almost like a letterman jacket for for all elite wrestling the varsity jacket yeah, the you varsity never had jacket. yeah exactly finally i was varsity at tennis but uh at <laughs> well, you rate, played tennis yeah named after a tennis player i owed it to my namesake to to give it a shot uh it was fun do you have uh, a photo had, had a proof? uh not on me but yeah somewhere <laughs> So anyway, but I was in the air. You are Jim Cornette. <laughs> Love tennis. I'm Jimmy Connors, not Jim Cornette. Uh, but anyway, I was in the airport, and uh, this this gentleman, rec- this kid, like recognized I was wearing all the wrestling jacket. We got to talking about it. Okay. And uh, just sort of he, uh, you know, I told him about our show and everything, and he gave us a follow and said he was going to listen. And was I showed him the video from Long Beach of uh, us and Cody, and uh, he he was stoked. So it was a cool like the wrestling community. I always appreciate, and that interaction for as short as it was, it really helped make my day, made my flight that much more enjoyable. Because I, I hate flying, I hate airports, and so it just it was it was just nice, you know. Well, so I appreciate all of you, and also locally here, just we've talked about this many times, just how strong and deep is the Bay Area independent wrestling scene right now. There's so many great talents, yes. and a lot of them follow us, interact with us, even a lot of them want to be on future episodes. So that's something we gotta. Yeah, it can what, make happen. We got, uh, all pro wrestling this Friday. Speak of the devil, right? Uh, yeah, the, the, their first show of 2019, Friday, yes. February 1st. It's called Killer Whale, which I uh, I was trying to figure out why is it called Killer Whale. I don't know if it's a. Uh, um, so they got some big names coming well, in. That's true. I was just going to see real our, quick. Our boy Johnny Gimmick name is challenging for the All Pro Wrestling uh, Universal Championship, and I will plug All Pro Wrestling. They had a Universal Championship way, way before WWE had a Universal Championship, and I would argue that the lineage of the All Pro Wrestling Universal Championship puts WWE's to shame. I love that damn championship, and I love. Well, never mind. I'll tell that story <laughs> off air. But <laughs> okay. no, I loved hanging out with that championship. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, so yeah, APW's first show of 2019 this Friday, February 1st. It's going to be at the Bayshore Center in Daly City. So 450 Marin Street. So get out there, allprowrestling.com for advanced tickets. But yeah, Mundo's going to be wrestling our boy, friend of the podcast. And uh, I know Jungle Boy's out there, the yes. newest signee of Big AEW. AEW signing. Talked about that with uh, my new friend Travis that I was talking to at the airport. And uh, it was super cool for Jungle Boy. And, yeah, he's going to be there. So if you're Kaya's here locally, gonna be there too. Kaya's going to be there. Yeah, Mrs. Mundo. Uh, and so it's going to be a great show. All Pro Wrestling always delivers. You will never regret spending your money on an All Pro Wrestling ticket or really any of the great promotions here in the Bay Area. No better way to spend a Friday night out. Yeah, start at 7.30. Get there early. I think door's 6.30. Get there early. Talk to the wrestlers at their tables. Get a good seat. Buy some merch. And, uh, yeah, allprowrestling.com. But, yeah, show itself at 7.30. And plus, a lot of the big-name independent stars that travel the country always seem to make a stop at APW at some point. I mean, we saw Walter's only Bay Area appearance at uh, APW last year. So I was glad to see him in person before He's going to do big things in NXT UK now. But uh, real quick, I was going to ask you the ending of TakeOver and what happened off the air. That's right. I tried to black out on that before. All right. So before we get into the Royal Rumble. So, yeah, uh, Ciampa successfully defended his title and then he goes up to the top of the stage. Gargano uh, meets him at the top of the stage. They both hold up their titles at Gargano at Gargano's urging and sort of pose together. I um, no, sir. I don't like it. I to me. You, it is so, and I, I get it. I'm a mark and everything like that. But you had feud no, of the James. year. You you had feud of the year, and it was such a personal blood feud. 
We if, saw if, that match of the year last if, year. If if this was just a regular, you know, run the mill feud or whatever, where they had a falling out and they had a couple matches or whatever, I could buy them getting back together and reforging. But this was a year and a half of build. This was literally like spitting on this guy's livelihood, getting him fired from his the job that he was his life, his 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 literal livelihood taken away from him, taking off his wedding ring and spitting on it before throwing it away. Like so much personal stuff that it's lazy, sloppy writing to think that uh, Johnny Gargano has gone that far down the path to where he could then join with Champa again. I mean, maybe this is some type of master plan to sucker him in, mm-hmm. but I'll have to see how this one ends. But right now, I'm not into it. I, I don't like it because it's, it's undermining a beautiful story that they told that they didn't pay off properly with Gargano finally vanquishing once again uh, Tommaso Ciampa. So we'll have to see how that goes. But heel DIY, I think I'd buy it more in the future. But this soon, no. I, I To me, it's insulting. And it's the one of the few times I'll criticize NXT writing. But I, I don't like this. Well, I will say this. Keep in mind, we talked to uh, someone who kind of knows a little bit about this case. Point, Christian last week. Remember how you told him you are very upset about when he lost the title right away to Randy Orton? He says, he understands, but like, let you guys see the big picture. Let the story play out first before you kind of make a yeah. quick judgment. I, 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 yeah, I don't see this as a quick judgment though. And again, I, I, I will say this. I'm going to see it through, obviously, because I love NXT. But it's, it's different when I was overreacting as a younger Mark that the decision to take the title off of Christian was a slap in my face as a fan mm-hmm. and me sort of not enjoying this, not because of a heel baby face dynamic, but not enjoying this because. Uh, it's it's bad storytelling, mm-hmm. and so that that's that's where I'm coming at it from the, from okay. this perspective, and so I guess we'll we'll see what happens. Hopefully they can salvage it, but I have not really been a fan of sort of how they've uh, been orchestrating this Gargano turn from the, from the jump here. I, I hope I hope somehow they come up with a really cool redemption thing for him. I just I, I because. It, 2019, it's hard for, to find a baby face the level of Johnny Gargano that gets universal cheers and stuff like that. And if they piss that away, as a big-time mistake. Yeah, I, I don't know, though, how do you get to that point that satisfies what you're saying. Well, they should have never gone down this road in the first place involving Champa. If, if Gargano was struggling and desperate and all that stuff, fine. But to insinuate Champa into this to the point where Gargano would join him again. And maybe Candice LeRae will get to him and convince him that he's, you can have an epic sort of like Darth Vader moment where he realizes that he's gone down the wrong path and redeem himself. And I'm sure I will buy in and love it, but it's such a, such a, my concern is it's a, they've given themselves a much narrower tightrope to walk, to pull something like that Mm -hmm. off where they've churned away from what the natural story and the rewarding story could be. And they've, not taking the path of least resistance, if they pull it off, more power to them, and I apologize. Well, but until then, I'm a little nervous. Well, I was nervous, and I didn't really like the whole Alistair Black angle last summer as far as Johnny Gargano was the guy who, who took him out. And from that point on, I've been kind of like, I don't know if I like this. And now it's like, okay, when did that happen? That was end of summer last year. So now we're kind of a few months down the road now. And I'm still, yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, I hope this plays out into Johnny Gargano's favor that we will still love him at the end of the day. Yes, that that's the main concern I have. And I could talk 
about this till till I'm blue in the face. And yeah. we have we have at length uh, on the podcast and everything like that. And I get the desperation of attacking Aleister Black, you know, because he wanted to get Tommaso Ciampa that bad, you know, and it's like taking him to this dark place, but not taking him to a dark place. And he's going to be joining with Ciampa. Maybe something crazy will happen at halftime, uh, halftime heat, which yeah. I'm very excited about. Yes. Six man tag. <laughs> so well, it's going to be a lot of fun. I thought you were going to be extra happy because, uh, well, one, I guess what happened off the air, we didn't see it right away, but on the pre-show Royal Rumble pre-show kickoff show, on Sunday, uh, your 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 boy toy <laughs> made the announcement. Excuse me, <laughs> your fan favorite, your 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 favorite all time favorite wrestler, yeah, Shawn Michaels made the announcement of the return of halftime heat, and then they played the footage of exactly what happened. As far as it kind of turned into like a three on three fight on the stage into the gorilla position. As far as yeah. Uh, let's see, Gargano, Ciampa, and then Adam Cole came out, and then Velveteen Dream showed up, who was ringside. Which was, by the way, what'd you think of the way he kind of came in the ring with the two girls? Hey, man, <laughs> I like it. You know, I like that he was there, uh, jumping ahead to the Royal Rumble. I'm pissed that he wasn't involved yeah. in the Royal Rumble compared to some people who managed to barge into the match. Well, I have a and- theory about that as well later, but we'll get to the Royal Rumble. But nonetheless, him, uh, Ricochet, and who am I missing? Alistair, Alistair Black. Black. So, little little scruffle there. I, I'm excited though. Halftime here, yeah, I think it's gonna be epic as yeah, far as three on three. The big game. Yes, please. <laughs> no, I I literally we had a meeting about this. We have to say big game. That's can't all. say any don't. anything else. Yes, that's all we could say. Big game. The guy this that week. wears number twelve. He's a cheater. He's going for another ring at the big game. So. So if you and I love that it's going to be a. I can't believe you can't say I'll bleep this out. I can't believe you can't say. Well, it depends on the context. You can't use it to talk about something that you're promoting that you're benefiting from. But nonetheless, I was told from upper management, don't even just test the waters. Don't tiptoe around it. Just say big game. It's I easier. had some uh, frosted flakes recently, and I really put it. I put it in like a big bowl. It was like a soup that I ate it out of. Hey, let's let's move on. God, don't get dude. People upstairs are gonna be sweating now because of you, <laughs> and I'm gonna blame it on you. Good, get fired from my own show, I'm like Opie. <laughs> so, so I was gonna Ridiculous. say, but yeah, halftime heat. I think it's, I'm gonna be tuning in. Uh, Absolutely, it's it's. Uh, I've been trying to figure I've out. Been way. this excited for a halftime of the big game since the Rock and Mankind. Yes, was that called halftime heat as well? I think it was. But that was in the empty arena. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> yes, I loved it. But I'm excited for this. I'm really. If you, I don't know. They, you could. I'm not sure how they're doing this, but you could turn that into a whole day event, a little fan access thing. Maybe they are and everything like that. But that's how I'd want to spend my Sunday at the big game. You know, be be watching some wrestling. That's what I'm like. That's what I like. Early predictions. Uh, who you think might win? I think the Rams got it. <laughs> No, between Team Alistair. I, I, th- I think uh, I think uh, Team Champa's going to win. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think fanning the flames of a DIY reunion, I think they're going to win. But let's get into the Royal Rumble okay. itself. We could talk about the big game. We could talk, but let's talk about the Rumble. And we can't say let's get ready to Even though I caught one of the foreign broadcasters said that. I forget which country it was. It might have been France. And I was like, dude, you're going you're gonna to take some heat for that. Oh, at the Royal Rumble yeah. broadcast? Oh, my God. Yeah, you're not supposed to say that. Hey, that's but another you know thing. What? It's time to talk about the Royal Rumble, baby Huey. <laughs> oh my god! 
Oh my God! What an episode today! And for those of you, you know, theater of the mind, I did jump and spin. Before you did. I said it. Kudos to you. That was a full. I, think spin. I blew out my ACL. I was like, man, you're a member of uh, Two Hundred Five Live. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Uh, the pre-show, which again, I'll say it every time, makes no sense that there's a pre-show, uh, but. I'm well, you get to a- see Shawn Michaels. That was yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I like the panel. The panel is great. Dude, he's a walking billboard for NXT now. Yeah, well, hey, man, he knows, Shawn's always known where his bread is buttered. But so. that is I mean, I love how he turned it on. He has the hat on, the shirt. I'm like, dude, he must have went to, like, the merch. Like, hey, I want some man. Or- Give me some of that swag. <laughs> he looked great, though. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. He's so behind NXT. It's That is the, I mean... Such a great thing for them to have that resource. Yes. Uh, but From his mind. Yeah, yeah. Ac- absolutely. So the pre-show, we we had uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable defeating, uh, <laughs> what was it? They beat <laughs> um, the Revival I, and AOP. I saw it was a, um, authors of Revival or the Revival of Pain. I think <laughs> someone was trying to do a play on words yeah. for that tag team. Yeah. So they, they retained their, their tag team championship match, uh, their tag team titles. Uh, and then the the actual match to talk about from the pre-show uh, or actual matches was Rusev losing to Shinsuke Nakamura, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost the U.S. title that he just won back to Shinsuke Nakamura. I thought that was pretty surprising. Yeah, I was like, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> like, it was so quick. I, I mean, because he, he won on Christmas, right? The Christmas Day episode yeah. of SmackDown Live. So it was like barely four weeks. But I, I don't know. I mean, we could kind of kind of continues on on SmackDown, yeah. so we can maybe kind of save talking about this match. This title's been roving around of late the it's, last, it's, you know, however many hours. bouncing around from uh, person to person. Uh, Buddy Murphy did retain, uh, as we thought, you know, in the in the fatal four-way match uh, with Tozawa, Tommy, and Kalisto. Another, another that, uh, I gotta give credit to Mike Holler uh, here at the radio station. He's a friend of ours, loves pro wrestling. He runs our pro wrestling pool. Shout out Mike Holler. Uh, is that he had the better thought, and that is to put this match after the Women's Royal Rumble match. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know? Because AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan delivered a great match, but they are were given the biggest kiss of death slot mm-hmm. in the whole year. You will never find a worse spot than to be following one of the Royal Rumble matches to try and get people reinvested. That's why you go with the Cruiserweight title match. They're going to be flying all around, stuff like that. That's how you keep the crowd into it. Or they should have put uh, the women's Royal Rumble match at the very well, end. Well, I do th- I do think that that should have been the match at the very end. But even if you're following the men's Rumble this year, that's still a kiss of death slot. And I, and I think the cruisers and the style that they work are better served Well, what would you switch out then? What would you take from the main show? And- Nothing. Pre-show is stupid and meaningless. I mean, you put the, the Shane Miz thing on there. I don't care. <laughs> Well, they're that they had their own big moment. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> they absolutely did not. All right, but so yeah, they they shotgun the the U.S. title onto Rusev. Buddy Murphy retained, uh, and then we get uh, kicking off the main show, whatever that means. We had uh, the man Becky Lynch coming up short to Oscar. Really phenomenal match. Uh, I don't like that Becky tapped out. I love the spot at the end why she had to, but. Given the storyline and how over she is and how hot she is, I don't like, uh, so to speak, I don't like uh, her submitting there. I would have rather done maybe like the Oscar lock pin kind of thing where she, you know, she gets pinned like one, two, three while in it or something like that. Or not to be 
another comparison to Stone Cold is like have her pass out. Yeah, or but, just like Bianca Belair. But did. they kind of did that already on Saturday, so people be like, oh, it's just repetition again. Or or you have it be like a DQ finish or something like that. You give a non-finish kind of deal. To, look, she didn't lose anything here because it really was a terrific contest. But her losing so cleanly and tapping out and then moving on to now Ronda Rousey, it just feels like unfinished business with her and Asuka, though. Well, okay, at least I think a lot of people, like, considering what she did that night, that what the fact that she tapped out became such an afterthought very very quickly. That's true. And the fact that she was the first match of the night, that was a big sign that, okay, she, her night's not done yet. Yeah. She still has more unfinished business. So, for me, yeah, I'm with you. I did not like her tapping out because to keep booking her strong – she needs to like give her a finish that she doesn't get the title, but at least still looking strong for her own purpose and image for just among the, the WWE universe. I'd but, even have gone with like a like a like a like some type of specialty pin on her or something like that, where it's like Oscar having to like be really crafty to beat her, you know, like or go back to the Oscar that had to get like pull out all the stops to beat Ember Moon and stuff like that. You know, like she was borderline healing against Ember Moon. Well, I did like how intense this match got at certain spots. I mean, actually, both uh, women's title matches on Sunday night got pretty intense. But for them, there was moments they took a bad spill outside the ring at one point. I don't know what they were trying to do. Oscar was trying to do some weird maneuver. But uh, for what they did, though, in the ring, it, it I like watching they have. Pretty good chemistry together, so yeah. I thought I thought it was a tremendous match. Might yeah. have been might have been the best singles match of the night, in mm-hmm. my opinion. It was really really good. Uh, from there, we went to the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. The Miz and Shane McMahon, the co besties, the best tag team in the world. Uh, not Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin, world greatest tag team. Uh, defeated the Bar, an actually great tag team with you know. Like I knew this is the story they were telling. I was I was praying to God that this is where they were going to turn one of them back into a heel and come up short in this tag team match. I mean, it's so telegraphed with the very weird storyline about Miz's dad not like appreciating him and everything like that. It's just it's nonsense. It's kind of stupid. Well, it, it, it's it's yeah, kind of the whole situation to get to this point is them being a tag team. It seems very. I'm not trying to say like lazy or anything, but it's like my dad only never lo- approved of me until until Saudi Arabia. But it's like we've seen him on reality shows together, and like it, the Miz was joking, like my dad's always bragging about me wherever I go. Or he's telling me that I'm the Miz's dad. So there was one episode of that. So it's like okay, he's which actually, is it? Yeah, he's actually happy and proud to be the Miz's dad. But here on uh, for kayfabe's point of view, it's like. What? He only cares about him if he's with Shane? Yeah, I, I just wasn't a fan of it. Uh, I mean, kudos to Shane for doing the shooting star press. And Dude, that was, Brock, take note. It was scary. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know what if Shane is just trying to do all these crazy things to gain his inheritance back and take over the company after Vince, but it was impressive. Uh, I will give him that, but I don't like the title change. I don't like making the bar lose to a, a team like this. They are such great wrestlers and such great champions. And I don't like that it was like sort of clean, you know? Well, it's just funny. Like the bar can beat any of the top tag teams in their division week in, week out. But when it comes to like these specialty tag teams, Braun and a little kid, or Miz and uh, 
a part-time wrestler in Shane yeah. McMahon. They can't they have well, no no offense against them. It, it's weird the booking of Shane now has gone from him being like a novelty act like oh my god how's Shane gonna be like somebody like The Undertaker or something like that you know he's not a wrestler to where is Shane now just a wrestler like, like he's that, legit like, like is he, that is that we're just supposed to take him like he's like if he earns a title shot he's supposed to be able to beat anybody I mean go remember when he, you know him and Kurt Angle is like yeah man I mean that was a long ass time ago but I mean like even since his return like he went from being like he's the, booked very strong. He's, yeah, like he, he every year he's getting WrestleMania matches. I mean, him coming in and beating Dolph in the end of the at the end of the the World Cup, and he's jumping off a uh, uh, Hell in a Cell cages the last couple of years. I mean, it's like he's been booked really strong. Like if you look at his highlight reel in just the last like two years, it's amazing. Like there's some people who wish they had that running list of I mean, accomplishments. Are, but are we supposed to treat him like he's just another member of the roster? Now? Like, is that he's no longer a non wrestler that happens to be painted into a corner where he has to wrestle? He's now just a wrestler? Well, I thought all the McMahons were going to be authority figures, and yeah. I guess he can't be right now. Well, as we Weird. saw on SmackDown this week, Triple H made an appearance on the screen. So maybe Triple H is kind of taking over that a little bit while Shane focuses on being a tag team wrestler now. I don't know. Uh, Ronda Rousey beat Sasha Banks uh, in a in a really good match. Uh, beat her via pinfall, which was significant. So they didn't want Sasha tapping out, uh, which I thought was an interesting call because Sasha's tapped before. She can she could she could handle it. Yeah. Uh, maybe they wanted to do this to show that that uh, that rolling sort of uh, judo Samoan drop that Ronda does. Is, Piper's pit. Yeah, they call it the Piper's pit now. Which, uh, is a is a borderline finisher for her. I like her. Uh, was a white Power Ranger inspired yeah, the, outfit. The White Ranger outfit. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the match. I, Ronda Rousey continues to deliver. I feel bad for Ronda. We'll get to it, but it's time mm-hmm. to turn her heel. Yeah, but like literally, she can go out there and work. I mean, in, in, for the kind of the lack of buildup or kind of the awkward buildup for this match, it it was another fantasy type booking dream match. I think us fans wanted to see. So her and Sasha delivered another. I like I said earlier, intense. They're going at it back and forth, and like I just even love the ending when Sasha throws up the uh, four, uh, you know, four horsewomen sign to her. Yeah. So it's like, ooh, that little Easter egg or uh, planting the seeds of a uh, possible four and four match down the road. Yeah, it's certainly possible. I hope it's not with the the four that Ronda brought with her, though. I have some different thoughts on who they could put with her. Uh, but that was a good match. Then that took us to the women's Royal Rumble. Um, I, I enjoyed a lot of this. Uh, shout out to Kyrie Sane. She was my MVP of the Royal Rumble. I, I just love everything about her devotion to her gimmick. Uh, her, she was literally climbing the ropes horizontally like a pirate would climb across the rigging of a ship. <laughs> and I just had I just had to like stop dead and be like, dude, that's the coolest thing. Like she's delightful in, in her devotion to gimmick. I love Kyrie Sane. That was all. You the real MVP. Kyrie. I love when she was trying to chop Charlotte Flair. Like, if you look closely, she was hitting her in her boobs. Oh, yeah. Wait, dude, she was chopping her good. But, <laughs> like, you know, I, anyone who follows Charlotte in the last few months, you know, she's got new new boobs. And like, Becky called her out on, on social media. And stuff, but it's just funny. Like, she's slapping them. And Charlotte's like, whoa. <laughs> I got think that moment, I was just like, I just I couldn't contain myself. I thought it was just pretty goofy. But, but overall, Kyrie, yeah, awesome match just for her coming out to deliver. I thought the first half... Was a little bit slower. I thought there was the a lot se- of laying around in the first half of the match, and, they and it was it long, like almost what seventy five minutes. And, and they were, uh, yeah, they were, they were short on eliminations in the early going. Like they were really building up the number of uh, ladies in the ring and stuff like that. We did get Lacey Evans debuting at number one. 
uh, you know, she was in there for a long time, but really didn't do a ton. Yeah, kudos to Natty. She was kind of like the uh, Iron Woman. Uh, and Ember Moon was yeah. in there for a long time, too. Uh, but, yeah, I, th- I thought this was a good Royal Rumble match. The early going wasn't the strongest. Uh, love Mandy Rose's involvement and, and everything. And the, the storyline between her and Naomi just continues to be great. I really hope they get to pay that off either Elimination Chamber, Fastlane, or WrestleMania. I was also going to say what I did enjoy about uh, the Women's Royal Rumble is, like, okay, we've been kind of conditioned the last few years. I mean, okay, for years, Royal Rumble, we expect subri- surprise returns or entries. But even the last few years, we've been conditioned that any major free agent signing WWE has – they debut at the Royal Rumble. So, like, case in point, everyone thought Kenny Omega was going to be here, which he can't. He's under contract to the end of January with New Japan. But the women's division, they don't kind of have that, that um, how can I say, it? they're not able to do that because they don't do, like, a lot of big free agent signings for the women's division where they immediately get put on NXT. So I, I love as a, their own version of that as far as surprise entries. It was more focused on from the NXT roster or NXT UK roster. Yeah. So I love like you know, they announced early like all the female competitors, but it was just main roster and you saw like it was like 20 something. So it was like still plenty of room for surprise entries to fill up the remaining spots to get to 30 overall. So I like that for us is the big surprise that we we're looking for were who from NXT or NXT UK were going to show up. And I really enjoyed the surprise entries. I mean, Rhea Ripley, I love she's her. Terrific. Dude, I cannot wait for her to keep. She's so young. And as far as I can't wait to see her grow and get better, more mature, and just like her, just build up her skill set. I'm really looking forward to her over the next like five years. Very well said. Uh, and again, when it kicked into high gear, it was a very fun Royal Rumble match. Uh, the girl who even uh, walked on her hands. Oh, yeah. Uh, Canazaro or whatever. Yeah, for, uh, she did the, uh, what was that game show? The, um, Iron, the Ninja, American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. So, no, it's just overall, I just, I love that they kind of, the second half, I mean, as far as when, you know, Becky eventually came out. Yeah, playing off the injury to Lana. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you earlier. So, can we technically thank Shinsuke Nakamura for getting Becky Lynch in the main event WrestleMania? I'm just saying, you want to paint that little domino effect. If it wasn't for Shinsuke, who hit Rusev, who hit Lana, who hurt her ankle, we're not competing in the Royal Rumble, which then Becky came out. I'm just saying, we should be thanking Shinsuke I'll Nakamura. Thank Finley for saying yes. That is true. My fellow Irish yeah, person, exactly. go on ahead. A little, bit, a little bit of insider trading going on there, I think. But that was awesome. Like when she started coming out, like she was what, number 28 or 29? 28, and then Carmella came out, and everyone was like, oh. But then when the fact that Lana was still walking and oh, like yeah, Carmella passed her, I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is how they're going to do it. Yeah. And then sure enough, Becky comes running out. Uh, oh, Naya, that's right. Naya started beating up Lana. So, yeah, she was 28, Naya was 29, Carmella, and then Becky comes running out, and then the crowd just popped. berserk. That was amazing. So, it was, nonetheless, going back to, like, Daniel Bryan, when you have that pop for Becky and for her to actually win overall, that last, like, 20 minutes of the Women's Royal Rumble yeah, there's no way to uh, yeah. go on after that. And it was great because I was ter- like I I was going berserk myself watching it uh in you know uh, down in San Diego and then I was terrified that they were going to do the scenario that we discussed on the show last week which was the double elimination with her and Charlotte because it ended up being her and Charlotte down at the end. I love that they didn't do that. But it was close the way yeah. Charlotte came at oh, her. No, I know. I would have hated that. I would have absolutely hated that. So I'm glad they they had the stones to just have Becky win. 
Uh, I think they w- maybe did the knee thing a little too long um, with her injury and stuff like that. Uh, that dr- drug it out just a little bit for me. Well, it looked like it, it was played into SmackDown as well. Yes. So. No, I and I and I get that, but it just was uh, was a little bit like uh, a little overbooked there yeah. at the end. But it was such a great moment for Becky. Uh, really dug that, and of course, everybody know knew that the moment she won, she'd be challenging Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Uh, very cool. Yeah, just so awesome that they pulled the trigger on that, and that, Be- and that Becky got found her way into the Royal Rumble and won the damn match, and <laughs> is hopefully going to be in the very final main event of WrestleMania this yeah. year. Looking forward to it. Super rad. Uh, that took us to Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. Why? Wow. I I will admit, like literally, I was like uh, doing some stuff in my room. I think I was folding some clothes or something, and like I looked over at my brother, and I was like. Like I, I remember, I just like I just tuned out naturally. Ah. Well, no, but I'm saying and I looked over my brother. Wait, like why am I tuning out? It's like, is it me or is it super quiet in there? Like these are like two of the biggest names in WWE, and the crowd was dead. Yeah, well, they were gassed after you know, and that's the what that's the also the risk you run with having these super long shows like that too. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna get tired out. Um, so that's why I, I feel bad for them. That they were put on the spot of the card. They had a yeah. fantastic match. Absolutely, but for me, I think. Sometimes the crowd, like for me, I was also gassed from the long women's Royal Rumble match. So sometimes the crowd, I from a watching standpoint, I rely on the crowd to get me amped up as well. So the fact that they were kind of so quiet and I just had my head down, I was like, oh, my God, like I'm tuning out because of them. So like, damn you, crowd, just keep, you got to keep me going. But nonetheless, yeah, it was just amazing how you got, like I said, the two biggest names in WWE, especially on SmackDown. And the crowd is just so quiet for them. And they still put on a great match. But Until the very end. Yes. With well. Rowan coming out and helping Daniel Bryan win. Uh, sort of a random alliance there. But you know what? Uh, thank God the Bludgeon Brothers are apparently not going to be a thing anymore. But yeah, for Rowan, now. Rowan with Daniel Bryan. What was your thought when that went down at the show? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I mean, I like Rowan just because I know he's a big metalhead. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Don't roll your eyes. Like... My buddy, but I mean, you like him as a wrestler. But no, my buddy Phil Demo, formerly of Machine Head and Violence, he was in Slayer for a quick minute a couple weeks ago or end of December. But I was talking to him in December, and we were talking about wrestling because he's buddies with Chris Jericho as well. And he was telling me, yeah, Rowan's a big metalhead. Like, I guess him, Phil Demo was hanging out with Baron Corbin at TLC, but then he was also telling me he also hangs out with Rowan. Rowan's a big metalhead. So I'm just like... I'm like from a music standpoint, I'm like it's cool to see Rowan back, and I, I think Rowan has an amazing look. He's yes. such an intimidating presence. Uh, you know, I wasn't a fan of the Bludgeon Brothers gimmick, but I've always been a fan of just you know he's a great enforcer kind of looking dude. You know, he's just so scary looking with that big old beard and the way he can just like look at you and he's like looking, he's ready to snap your head off. Offer this as Daniel Bryan is the Planet's champion. Does that make Rowan the first Planeteer? Of SmackDown, and we're wow. going to be forming this whole thing, and they're all going to have their own rings and stuff like that. I I don't know, but I it was super random. It was super like are they so friends? He needs, he needs like they, four are they friends people. because they both have a beard? Like what, what's going on here? Like what's Wearing the connection? Plan. What's the connection? Plano. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know, but no, yeah, it, it, but it was cool like seeing him come out there, and I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like Daniel Bryan, smaller heel champion. He's got like a some muscle enforcer behind him. I mean. You look all the great heel champions in the past. They've always had some bodyguard or protection. I mean, you know, of course, Shawn Michaels, Diesel, Christian with Tomko and TNA. I mean, 
it's been an ongoing thing for years in pro wrestling. So I think for Daniel Bryan, I think it's another great um, uh, layer to add to his current character. Yeah, no doubt. I and mean, we'll see where it goes. And it gives Rowan something hopefully different to do than just another repackaging and ultimately putting him back with Harper, who is great in his own right. It's a great spotlight for him right now. Yeah, being with the WWE champion mm-hmm. is, is awesome. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. It was just super random night of. You know, and it's, yeah. it's not like Rowan's Rowan coming back is not going to set the wrestling world on fire right now. Well, the crowd's just, already dead. So yeah. when he came out, they're like, oh, hey, look, look who it is. Like, eh. yeah. So that, that that was an interesting call uh, there that that rolled right into the Universal Championship match with uh, Brock Lesnar taking on Finn Balor. Um, I enjoyed this match. Uh, I love that Brock used the Kimura to tap out Finn. I thought that was cool and to really keep that move looking strong as well because he hasn't done it for a while uh, to win a match, I feel like. So uh, I I, I dug it. I mean, it was short and sweet, uh, and I think what it needed to be, and Brock continues to be this great special attraction and continues to be booked about is just mega undefeatable as as there is. I mean, also, Finn, hey, to his credit, I like when – he was being intense. I keep saying that word intense, but he was being fast and like kind of like stick and move. Sense of urgency. Yeah, like he was running around and like trying to land these big power moves on him. So to Finn's credit, I enjoyed that aspect of the match. And like even I love how Brock was selling the stomach injury. And even Corey Graves made the quick reference to when he was in UFC and he had that. Diverticulitis. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Staying in canon of you know Brock Lesnar's career. So I really enjoyed this Finn Balor kind of using that ploy and then, you know, jumping and running around and trying to stick and move and hit him all around. So, like I said, that that made the match entertaining. And to, like, Brock's credit, when he takes on a smaller guy, he seems to put on these pretty cool matches. I mean, well, it's, it's, I mean it's a great time and tested formula, mm-hmm. you know, uh, going, going back to, you know, again, you mentioned Shawn Michaels when he even had a feud with, you know, Vader or Diesel and stuff like that. Undertaker, you know, it's just... It's when you have a small guy who can who can really work, mm-hmm. and, a, and a big guy who's a decent, at least a decent worker. Uh, they can make some pretty cool magic in the ring in a short period of time. I thought I thought they delivered a good a good title match. No surprise, Brock winning. Um, I, I I actually thought Finn would get a little bit more in. Uh, I was a little surprised that he that he didn't get you know closer to victory. I guess I would say, uh, but you know it, for what it was, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I was optimistic then that maybe with the announcement that Braun Strowman would be replacing John Cena in the Royal Rumble, uh, we would get a Braun Strowman victory in the men's Royal Rumble, which is what closed the show. Uh, we did not. We, he was the, the last one eliminated with Seth Rollins going over in the men's Royal Rumble match. Uh, real quick, what you thought of the match, but more want to focus on what it means for both guys, the runner up and, and the winner. Okay. Uh, not a lot of big surprises, uh, the only like two like quote like big returns was Jeff Jarrett number two. Which people online, I love Twitter. As far as someone took a screenshot of Jeff Jarrett because he was wearing his his old outfit from like yeah. the early nineties, not like the late nineties stuff he wore in WWF and WCW. But like they're like, oh, Grandpa got a new bondage outfit. Like someone tweeted that it was hilarious. But it was cool seeing him back in there, and um. And Kurt Angle was the other big, like, veteran return, but he had a short. Yeah, very short. Very short. So I was like, damn. Uh, Other than that, I mean, I enjoyed the NXT call-ups, even though I was disappointed no Velveteen Dream or Pete Dunne. I thought those two were going to be 
in it, especially because you get to represent NXT and someone from NXT UK. Pete Dunne wasn't it? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pete Dunne. Yeah, yeah. I was happy to see Pete Dunne. That's what I meant. Um, Velveteen Dream, because going into it, I was like, who do I want to see from NXT? I wanted Velveteen Dream and Pete Dunne. I got Pete Dunne, but I was bummed that Velveteen wasn't there. But as far as it was a Gargano, Alistair Black, Pete Dunne, um, is there someone else I'm missing from NXT? But the reason I, I'm curious, because go, going back earlier, you're you kind of just teasing the idea. I wonder if those guys were chosen to be in the Rumble to kind of test the waters of how the crowd reacts to them. Mm. And maybe that's a sign that these are going to be the next set of guys called up to the main roster at some point. So that's why I wonder, like you said, you and I want to see Velveteen Dream, but maybe NXT has longer plans lined up for Velveteen Dream, so they don't want to put them out there yet. They want yeah, to- but I mean, you had uh, you had people in the in the Royal Rumble from NXT before, like Adam Cole, and they just go back down to NXT and they're still doing their thing. I think there, there's nothing wrong with a cool surprise appearance, you know, to to titillate the fans and then have them just still stay down in NXT. True. I think it's a better it's a better advertisement for the brand of NXT to have people that are actually going to stay down there because, like, oh, I want to see more of this guy. Well, where can I watch him? You watch him on NXT. True. I thought Gargano's appearance was great, but. To have Nia Jax take out R-Truth at number 30 and be in the match, which I just hated. Uh, I hated that. Uh, instead of, like, Velveteen Dream, to me, is is is, is lame. Uh, I, I would rather have somebody like Velveteen Dream in that spot. I don't know why. What was the point of it, I loved our, I loved Randy Orton giving her the RKO. That was great. And then uh, the 619 from yeah. Ray. And then... Uh, I really just wanted to see Randy RKO. But nonetheless, it was just... She got her own. So from a heel standpoint, it was great heat building like her coming in. But anyway, I'm just saying it was a great segment that everyone got to turn with her. But I was a little so bummed. Well, I was bummed that you know she eliminated Mustafa Ali to the Samoan drop outside the ring. Yeah. I was a little bummed to see him get great eliminated. Great showing for him, though. Dude, that final four was surprising as far as Seth, Braun, Ali, and Andrade. Yeah. So that was pretty cool as far as, okay, you got like the top guy from Raw and these two up-and-comer guys from SmackDown. So... I like, that's pretty cool. Maybe that's a big sign for what's next for SmackDown long term. Yeah, I thought it was a great Final Four. Uh, what about the finish itself? Seth uh, taking out Braun, this curb stomp on the yeah, apron. That, that was. I thought that was a fine finish. I don't like Braun not winning uh, because, again, it, it, like I love Seth. I I don't see how that's any fresher uh, a move than having Braun win the Rumble and be set up to finally win his first championship match, other than the fact that What's not fresh about it is the fact that now you just have Braun looking like a geek for the past month, uh, you know, losing his spot in, in the match, you know, coming up, coming up short every which way. And ha- now is he just never going to beat Brock Lesnar? Is that going to be Braun Strowman's narrative? That's a bad narrative. And I've seen Seth Rollins, uh, Seth Rollins be in a match at WrestleMania with Brock Lesnar before and leave with the championship. We were there. Uh, so. I just, I don't, to me, the concerning thing is here, yes, Seth Rollins is very deserving of the win, but looking at the bigger picture, you put Braun Strowman in this, like, this dead zone of what do you do with him at WrestleMania, you're not paying off his feud with Brock Lesnar, and come to find out on Raw how they're trying to sell Brock Lesnar, oh, two months ago, uh, Drew McIntyre was part of the group that broke his, his elbow, so he had to have surgery. It's taken the monster among men two months to now he's circling back to get his revenge. Are you kidding me? Like, what the hell are you doing? On a on a side note, I was just going to ask you. I was just going to ask you about the new day. Kofi, once again, kind of 
Do you too think, much. Do you think that's a little too much now? I'm with you. I was like going to ask you, like, him is starting to become that little believable. I was under the impression any body part, now they're really pushing the whole two feet rule. Uh, I mean, I feel like that, that's that been the case since Shawn Michaels did the one foot thing uh, back in 95. I, it's it's too much because it's so contrived now. It's like it's Kofi, Kofi's it. appearance at the Royal Rumble is now not about what he does in the ring, but how he gets back in the ring. And mm-hmm. that's that that to me does a disservice to Kofi into the match itself. It was just, and there were too many people doing that. And there was also Naomi, like, with, yeah. Also with like yeah, and also with like Seth winning. I don't want my Royal Rumble winner to be somebody that got laid out through the table for most of the match. You know, it's like he we've seen Seth Rollins be able to go for a long time. He can work the level of that match that needs to be and not be laying out resting after a table spot for the whole time. I didn't didn't enjoy that. Look, Seth's great. I think he's going to burn it down with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania and win the championship. But I'm more concerned with the fact that you have a guy that needs to be made more in Braun Strowman. And the storyline that needs to be fulfilled, he got screwed over at Crown Jewel. He's been losing to Brock Lesnar for the past two years now. Can can a, can a guy get a win over Brock Lesnar and win his first championship? You have the monster among men who is a full-time wrestler. He's a naturally over big man. I've said this time, to, he should be Vince McMahon's wet dream. Why? Why are we doing this to him? Who did he piss off? Like, you set him up to fail in that promo a few weeks ago with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. They just crapped on him. Beastie like, boy. Like, what? what is going on? How about, let me ask you this. Why if he challenges Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania at some point? There's some way to work it out. Yeah, great. And more power to him. I hope he wins. But he still hasn't beat Brock Lesnar. And, like, that's, like, the prevailing. He couldn't beat Brock Lesnar. Like, what if Brock leaves? And he always have that little... Little sh- cloud over his head. It's just like he's that the doubt. monster among men, and you've against, and you've made not, him a choke against, artist against Brock. <laughs> like I just, I feel like is he going to bring back Nicholas and challenge for the tag team titles again at WrestleMania? A little I older, a little bit more wily veteran Nicholas now. Gets Miz and Jake. Yeah, I mean, what the hell are we doing here? Dude, that's what they're probably going to end up doing. Yeah, it just puts Braun in this no man's land that he doesn't. Des- I don't get it. I don't know, man. I. I I really and, don't again, know. This is not to take away from Seth Rollins, even though I know I am. It, it's cool. Seth's great. He's one of the top guys in wrestling right now. But take a step back and look what's really good for everybody long term. Seth not winning the Rumble. He loses nothing. Have Dean Ambrose come out there. Well, we'll get more to him in a minute. He's still under contract, though, through WrestleMania. You have Dean Ambrose come out there and screw Seth Rollins. So Braun still wins the Rumble. And then you set up the big emotional blow-off match that they never really got. Dean and Seth at WrestleMania, that's what I would want to see. Finally, to have Seth put Dean to bed at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean. He betrayed the shield the night Roman Reigns announced he had leukemia. And Seth lost to him time and time again. You're going to blow it off on Raw, the Raw after Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, you want to beat him at under, whoo, whelming. You beat him at TLC too, right? Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Okay, well, I. Kind of, I'm kind of done of Seth versus Dean. I kind of feel like that's been played out a little bit. I see. For me, it's like they didn't have the, like the really big moment befitting of what that feud should have been. Yeah, I'm with you there, and that's all. Nothing we could talk about that with the Dean news later on. But it just, I kind of wonder if that played into that because he said he's creatively frustrated. So yeah, it could have been booked better for the last couple months to begin with. But I'm at the point right now, because of the way it was booked, I'm just a little burnt out from that whole rivalry. Yeah, see, I wasn't burnt out on the rivalry, just more that it's like, 
you know, I thought the the brilliant move that they did was taking the IC title off of Dean uh, to where then you could have Seth win the blow off match and not have a no offense to the IC title, but not having a title. Then he's stuck in that division. You know, you know what I mean? So like you have him win the blow off match with Dean, then he can be bronze first challenger or whatever. Looking back. Braun's heel turn was so bad for him. The timing was not good. It made no sense. Naturally over. Nobody wants to boo Braun Strowman. And again, the last few weeks, he's looked kind of like a goof. How sad. In 2019, he still hasn't won a world championship. And he's he does have a trophy. Like a goofball. Who cares? He has a green title. Who cares? Uh, he hasn't won a he hasn't won a world championship that I recognize in the U.S. of God dang A. And so it's just unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I'm sorry, I, my therapist was on vacation, baby Huey, so you're, you're all I got. <laughs> you lay down. Lay down right Sit now. On the couch. Should I be laying down? Oh, I'm with you. I, I get what you're saying. I, I know why you're frustrated. And I think there's a lot of people out there who feel the exact same way. And I feel like the, the internet wrestling community is starting to churn on Braun, though. It's like, dude, they, and this is not Braun's fault. This is the, the creative narrative fault. They did this to him. <laughs> Why? They done him he dirty. You should be on Jimmy Fallon lifting up cars and like bench pressing Jimmy Fallon in hilarious segments. If you're into that sort of thing, you should be on Kimmel doing whatever. I don't know. He should be getting all the endorsement. Like deals. Jerry Lawler on Letterman. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, more than like Ceno hosting SNL and stuff. Like, yeah. you should have Braun Strowman on those shows. <laughs> knock, knock. I got a joke he's, for you. He's he's sneakily charismatic. I know. He's a funny, fun guy. To get to the, the cake segment, gentlemen, the when he grabbed the piece of cake out of catering, it was great, great comedy. I I don't know, I don't know what else to say that hasn't been said already about this. As far as don't throw things in here, you're making a mess in our beautiful studio here in downtown San Francisco. I got it out of my system. Okay, but that was the men's Royal Rumble, everybody. Overall, yes. overall, it was an enjoyable match. Yeah, nothing. No, I will say this: the one thing about WWE to your to their credit is you can feel whatever you want about the overall show. But over, I feel overall it was still very entertaining, and WWE does a great job at creating highlights or specific moments from these events that, moving forward, they can create these very fun packages, video packages to sum up. So, like, there's a lot of funny things that are great things that happen at this Royal Rumble. That can be used for future, um, like I said, highlight reels of the Royal Rumble for all over the years. So that's one thing I, I, I take away from this. There's a lot of fun things, moments we could take away that can be inserted into what makes the Royal Rumble so special. I thought it was a very fun show. Yeah. Overall. Just by how long it was. It was like almost, what, 9 p.m.? It was super long. I mean, with the pre-show started at 2, so it was like 7 hours of programming. If you count the wrestling set, it was almost 6 hours. So, a lot. Yeah, it, it was it was a lot to get through, but you know what time it is now, baby Huey. It's time to plug our socials again because if you fast forward through the last time, we're gonna get you here. And you can email us at intheclick at gmail dot com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. It's so easy at intheclick on both and on Facebook. If you're doing it, why aren't you doing it? It's so easy. But we appreciate the ones that do. We 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 got love for you. And, yeah, email us with your questions, critiques, concerns, maybe a number for a good therapist for me to calm me down about Braun Strowman not win the Royal Rumble in the click at gmail.com. We love you. But I was, we should really come up with a name for our listeners. Like, yeah, we'll come up. We'll, we'll take yeah. that. We'll put a pin in that. We'll, we'll take that offline, as they say in corporate speak. Yeah. And, and, we'll, and we'll figure that out. But, yeah, so if you, if, you, if you thought you could slide by the first one, we got you again. <laughs> and if you stuck around for both, I appreciate you even more.
We love we love our listeners. We should guys, get T-shirts made for them for we, our listeners. We 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 love you all very much. But let's let's get into some clickbait now before we get into Raw and SmackDown from this week because you know we talked about a little bit with Dean Ambrose and stuff like that. But it is the 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 swirling uh, sort of news about departures that is surrounding WWE. Now let me just say this right off the bat: for all my critiques about Braun not winning the Rumble and everything like that, I. And Titan Tower, born, bred, and dead. I love Mm -hmm. WWE, and they're going nowhere. No departure unless it's Vince McMahon has me the slightest bit concerned about the future sort of viability of world wrestling entertainment. However, this is big news. This is really, really big news in terms of departures goes in 2019. Dean Ambrose apparently uh, giving notice to WWE that he will leave after his contract expires. Was it in April? Yeah, apparently it's right after WrestleMania. So a little foreshadowing, he's going to go out on his back at Mania this year. It's almost like he should be going out on his back to his friend and former Shield brother Seth Rollins in a a ready-made feud to be blown off at WrestleMania. Loser retires or fires. Yeah, exactly. You haven't put their career on the line, you know. Burn it hey, look, down. Hey, look at us. We, we can write for WWE now. <laughs> They're not doing that. But, but Dean Ambrose is, in fact, leaving. And what was interesting to me about this, Baby Huey, is the fact that, you know, the report came out early in the morning. By the afternoon, WWE was confirming it using his real name, yeah. which if this is a work... I don't like them using his real name, but I still think that there is a chance that this is a work. And that's the thing, because you look at it, was it... God, it's almost eight years ago now, or uh, seven and a half years ago. CM Punk with his whole contract situation that he was leaving and he actually technically left with the title, but came back a few weeks and later. That was the last time that WWE really got out in front of something and confirmed it too this early in this manner. Usually, yes. usually when they do that, it's after the contract is up and somebody is actually gone. They usually don't get out in front of it like this. Well, in the past, like they've never really done this style before or on a regular. Usually when someone leaves, it's after they release them. And they do a quick little blurb Future on the website. Endeavors. Future endeavors, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that they are publicly announcing this, like, uh, with two and a half months to go. And look at, like, the last sentence where, like, we hope he returns to WWE someday. Yeah. That, that to me, like, sort of raised my eyebrows. Of, like, is this legit? I, and that's my thing, too. Or unless they're really just trying to keep, do right by him. keep the bridge there so they're not burning anything. And yeah, you, they don't want to burn it down. They're burning it down. I was trying to avoid. They should be burning it down. WrestleMania, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. But that's what I'm saying. Like maybe they realize, oh crap, we he is leaving. We're gonna lose him. But let's keep things nice. So hopefully he'll come back real soon. Or maybe maybe they're doing that. They're being super nice, so it keeps Renee Young around, which I'm sure they're concerned about losing her. And I would be concerned about losing her too, because you know what? I love Dean Ambrose, but she's a she's a voice that we want to keep around on every segment of every Monday. And on pay-per-view now, she's doing commentary. Mm-hmm. And she is the rising star at the commentary desk. She is my hope for the future of the commentary desk in a coalless world. If she leaves, Saxton once again becomes the bright star to them. I, I refuse gonna, to live in that world, baby Huey. I was going to say, who would they get back to fill up? If knock on wood, we're just fantasy booking. Knock, it, knock them more on wood. <laughs> Come on! But, but I was just going to say, um, hypothetically, if she does leave, who would they fill up her spot with? 
Would they bump up Charlie Caruso? Oh, I don't know. Maybe they just bring back uh, Otunga or Booker, Booker T. T or something like that. Or, JBL. Or JBL else. made an appearance at the Royal Rumble. Jerry Lawler did. I mean, by Jerry way, Lawler kind of made an appearance at the Royal Rumble. But they were making the, the very, did you catch the part? He made some joke about bread and said, oh, he's going to be toast. And then the rest of them started laughing. JBL was laughing. And Jerry Lawler was like, what? He's like, <laughs> he's like, your delivery's great. It's the materials in question. I guess like some old dad jokes. <laughs> so. Well, my thing with Jerry Lawler was like he literally towards the end of it's like, wait, they're still in the match. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jerry. <laughs> yes, but be that as it may, yeah, I don't know who they'd replace her with. My concern would just be losing her because she is such a talent. And ESPN already almost swooped her up before. Yeah. So I don't know what this means for Renee Young. Friend of the podcast too. Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose is also a fan of the early stages of the podcast. Does he go to AEW is the question, I think, on everybody's mind. If this is not a work, uh, that would be a tremendous get for them. Absolutely. And I'm sure he'll go back to his old name, Johnny Moxley. John Moxley, yeah. It, or, like, dude, what happened if, let's just hypothetically, like I said, fancy booking just for the sake of the podcast. I think it goes to, like, yeah, New Japan and, like, goes, like, super badass over there and, like, if hardcore. you watch the old John Moxley stuff, it, it is astounding, uh, you know, just how dark he can go, yeah. how intense he can go. I mean, there's even if you read about like the proposed feud he wanted to do with Mankind when he was first coming to WWE, where he like blamed Mankind for shortening people's careers and stuff like that because they idolized him. It's solid gold type stuff. But I can just imagine him like in New Japan, like him and Switchblade going at hey, it. Look, anybody that gets him is, 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 is going to benefit from it. I think because AEW is the, the fresh new thing, everybody automatically assumes that, oh, because of Cody's ties with WWE, maybe that means he'll go to AEW. And I certainly hope if he does leave, that's where I want to see him land. Well, I, because the better AEW's roster is at, out of the gate, the better it is for, I think, pro wrestling as a whole. I do have a question, though. I'm, not, I'm curious is, okay. Uh, maybe not, he and Mitch goes to continue his feud with Chris Jericho in AEW. True. Uh, yeah. That's, the plant, Mitch. <laughs> R.I.P. Yes, but what I'm saying is, I'm not curious how WWE contracts work, but I know some guys who ask for an early release, like Hideo, which we'll get to in a second. But they, if they get their release early before their contracts up, they have to, the 90 day non compete yes, clause. But I want to know if you run your contract out and once you're done, are you free to go somewhere else right away, or do you? Is it that, 30 that, days? That is a point of debate that I've seen online. In most contracts, it would be, no, your contract is fulfilled. You can go somebody, somewhere the next night. I, now, if the wording in Dean's contract is... Uh, like Rick Rude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Lex Luger is if at the fulfillment of your contract, you must wait. Not, he might have a 90-day non-compete in his contract. Okay. So in terms of post-completion of his contracts, I don't know. We don't, we, we're not in those conversations. We haven't seen those contracts. I'm just curious because, uh, case in point, you're wearing a double or nothing shirt right in front of me. So I'm thinking, could he show up in Vegas? Like It depends on his contract, so I'm sure that'll get everybody speculating and everything like that. Uh, and so, yeah, you talked about how Hideo Itami is also the next name uh, to have been. This one has not been confirmed yet, but he asked has asked for his release, apparently, from WWE. He's another one. I mean, he could go literally anywhere. Well, apparently they're going to give it to him versus like some of the other rumor people asking for the release. They're all saying no. Yeah. WWE is saying no, but Hideo, they're actually going to grant it early release for him. And it's unfortunate because he's been with the company, what, five years? But most of it's been plagued by injury. Yeah. So, you know, I don't I don't blame him. The original GTS user, go to sleep, maneuver. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe we get, maybe we get uh, Kenta versus Punk in AEW or, or, or wherever they want to do it. Um, but, yeah, so Hideo Itami apparently on his way out, too. And, 
listen, there's there's nothing. Even if AEW existed, there's nothing wrong with this because, look, you want people to sort of be their best self and really find their niche creatively and with their character. And if he feels like he's stuck in a rut in WWE, there's nothing to say he or Dean, you know, they want to reset and then they can come back. You know, like we just talked to Christian. Mm -hmm. He did that. And so, you know, I mean, look, Dean's a Grand Slam champion, a tremendous amount of success. Yeah. But if you're Hideo Itami, I could see how you feel like, man, my, my whole career here has been plagued by injury. I feel like I'm stuck in a rut now. I feel like I have a label on me uh, because I can't be trusted to stay healthy mm-hmm. that maybe I need to leave, reset, and then come Fresh back. start yeah, elsewhere. Exactly. You know, it's it's like Anthony Davis in the, in the NBA. You know, like his whole time in New Orleans, he's been plagued. He's been outstanding player, mm-hmm. but plagued by injury. There's probably a stigma to even when you look at that uniform or you look at the WWE logo, it's like, man, like there's like a lot of baggage within you there. It's like all the like the hardship and the adversity you face. Well, you look at like Finn Balor, like he only had the universal title one day before he got hurt. And then there's a lot of people guessing maybe why Finn for the longest time was not getting a push was people felt he was injury prone. Mm-hmm. So I could see how Hideo's like, you know, I need to go elsewhere, get a fresh start prove myself elsewhere, and then maybe come back yeah. near in the near future. And here's the other thing. If these guys are creatively frustrated, you got to look at it from their standpoint as you're only in your, you know, 20s, 30s, once in your life, your, your, your prime years. You want to probably go out there and make your money, build up your, your, your resume of accomplishments and wrestle on the regular and not just sit in the back yeah. or doing something you don't want to do outside in the ring. You want to take advantage and deliver the best product that you can as a wrestler. And sometimes where you're at, you can't get that done. You got to go elsewhere to show off what you can do. So I, I can see why some of these guys now want to go elsewhere and just at least wrestle and prove people and show people what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. And well, the beauty of pro wrestling is you can go forever, too. You know, like you can wrestle well into your 40s, a la Chris Jericho and lots of guys. So he could find his groove, come back to WWE. You obviously wish them both nothing but the best. But you have uh, you have a little bit of a of a Shinsuke deal too. Some people speculating. I, I don't read so much into this, but <laughs> some people are. So we're going to talk about it. Well, yeah. So apparently Shinsuke. Okay, as we saw in this week's episode of SmackDown, very weird way for him to lose the U.S. title to r Truth. I guess apparently later that night he sent a cryptic tweet of just saying WCW. So a lot of people are like, whoa, what's that mean? Why is he tweeting out WCW? Is that a sign that he wants to leave? Kind of similar how Bret Hart left to go to WCW. And so his contract is coming up too, I believe. Like I think he, uh, uh, I think it's in this month or next month. But nonetheless, so people are like, oh my God, is he another person that's jumping ship right now? So I don't know. I mean. It's all speculation until people show up on Maybe other promotions. Maybe he was promos- like searching WCW on Twitter and accidentally tweeted it. I mean, I've become close to that. It's true. You know, like, remember, God, it was worse than the Facebook days. You want to look up somebody's profile and accidentally make it your status? Like, good Lord, how terrifying. I once uploaded a new profile picture, and by mistake, it was a photo of me and my ex-girlfriend that I had saved. Woo! <laughs> I had to delete that one real quick, and I like was calling all my friends. Like, is it? And this was back in the day when it didn't delete like super fast. Like, people could, I was like, is it gone yet? Is it gone yet? I don't want anybody to see refresh, this. Refresh, refresh. Yeah, exactly. Like DefCon Four. Like, is it gone? But so maybe that's what happened. So with Shinsuke, who knows? I mean, I'm sure that finish on SmackDown was very awkward, and you could probably piss someone off if they not 
the way it went down, it's like, what the hell? I, I don't deserve this. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with Shinsuke, what his plans are. I thought the fact he got the title back at Royal Rumble, I thought that was them trying to make good and, and keep him around. Like, hey, we'll put the title back on. You just stick around, re, re-sign. So it's really interesting. These guys who contracts or might be coming up get these, like, very fast pushes as a way to persuade them to stick around longer. Yeah, I you know, I again, I, I'm just not going to read into this tweet as of yet until something more concrete. I think everybody is looking for... Even Sasha right a few weeks ago, like, tweets uh, someone, like, take me with you. Yeah. And so I don't know if that's their own way of, like, for contract negotiations. They're, like, that's their ploy. A couple to- years ago, Sasha had some rumblings about her wanting to leave or stuff like that, too. Uh, but, I, again, I think until something more concrete comes out, I think it's much ado about nothing. Shinsuke's in a good spot. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I know he lives in Florida now. He's a big surfer. I, I think the culture here... Is very much into what he likes to do in his personal yeah, life. Well, but there is there can cannot be overstated. He might want to just go home. That's true. I and mean, he probably sees like the, all the great things going on in New Japan. I mean, even beyond that, like just like literally wanting to be back in your home country. I don't know what it would be like for me to be living abroad, like in Japan or even just like Canada or something. Like he's away from his home. You know, like so that's that's a big. I think that's an underrated thing. And, and wrestling, unlike Did you, you live know, in Montreal. Uh, would you go around saying who's your daddy? I, w- I would go around doing that, but uh, no. But I mean, even like you look at like baseball and stuff like yeah. that. You know, you have an off season to where you can go home. Yeah, pro wrestling has no off season. True. So that's tough. Yeah, it's, it's, it's constantly rolling. So I don't know. Maybe he just wants to go home. But again, I'm not going to read into this until until more comes out. On yeah, 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 absolutely. So it's 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 interesting. Thing. It's just. We should really like start a running list of Can everyone. You say who's, how long it was up there? The tweet. Um. Oh crap! The website just crashed oh, on fine. me. Uh. But it was it was uh, Tuesday night after SmackDown. Interesting. Interesting. Well, let's. Um. I'm not going to do any more cheap plugs again. In the clip, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. There you go. I'll do it uh, for you. Let's let's talk about Raw and SmackDown. Um. The Seth Triple H and Dean segment to kick it off. Uh. It was it was good. Although the like emotional stuff between Triple H and Seth rang a little hollow to me because you know, Triple H, you like you guys like just had a match a couple WrestleManias ago where you were trying to end his career. <laughs> you're like, I get it that you're friends in real life and stuff, but I'm watching Monday Night Raw right now. I'm not not listening to the Stone Cold I'm, podcast or talk as Jericho. I want you to be Triple H and I want him to be Seth freaking Rollins, and you guys hate each other. You trying to be like a proud papa? <laughs> yeah, but it's like you, you didn't. Again, you guys were just feuding like in two, yeah two years you ago. You knocked Steph but, into a table. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and, and yeah. So I, I don't know. That rang. It was cool. Don't get me wrong, because like I love both those guys. But I'm watching Raw right now. And Triple H, you're kind of a son of a bitch on Raw. So just be like a son of a bitch. Uh, so <laughs> are you allowed to say that? I think so. Can we ask your father-in-law? <laughs> yeah, exactly. you have to ask your fa- And then I, I did enjoy Dean's permission because I thought it was a natural sort of playing up on that. It's like, dude, when we were riding down the roads and you didn't believe in him and we're trying to end his career and stuff, uh, I, I enjoyed all of that. And then it led into the the I guess this is the blow off between Seth and Dean. Yeah, that we're getting which is, he got a victory. Yeah, Seth got, got the victory. He got the victory. Uh, and then Dean was going to like cut. This is also why it makes me think it could be worse because Dean was about to cut a promo in the ring, uh, and he got cut off by Nia Jax of all people. Now that could mean a couple of things. 
Uh, he got completely punked out by Nia Jack. Now, that could be sort of treating Dean akin to J- Double J, Jeff Jarrett, when he left the company and lost to China. <laughs> but, I, I mean, is, is that is that where we're going at WrestleMania? Is it going to be an – are they going to go the intergender route uh, and have Dean lose to Nia at WrestleMania? Wow, dude, that would kind of suck. Like, what a way to go out. I mean, it, it's I, I, I've seen sort of things with more sort of – but that's such a far way. Like, we're still a couple months away. Would they really spend that much time to get to that point? I think they might. <sighs> it would really put over Nia Jax. It would be on ESPN. It would be this great, This you know, they were really pu- trying to put over the history-making moment where she eliminated somebody from the women's and men's Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, they want to make her the new China. I, I don't know. I I hope not, but I the only, way, the only good thing is because she's probably going to be around for a while, so this is a good way to, yeah, build some heat up for her as a heel, but man, what a way to go out for Dean. Like you got to punk out like that. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just weird too on, yeah. on raw. How that, how that all happened. Well, I thought they're going to be busy. She's going to be busy in the elimination chamber. Yeah, she is. So that's why, but it made, so we got time for that to just to simmer. This is just a little it, Easter. It still would be heel heel though. Yeah. I don't know. Unless, unless Nia bounces back to babyface again. God, which that takes me to my next point. They've been doing a lot of this flip flopping. Yeah. Been big show turning people left and right. And the most upsetting one to me is but, what they have done to Elias. Yes. Again, I get my steps in walking with Elias. He is so incredibly over. Uh, with the crowd. Now, I, I remember watching the Rumble, and when he crapped on the D-backs not being able to fill the stadium, I was like, oh, like is he, are they healing him right yeah, now? Yeah, I was like, like why? Uh, and I wasn't sure. I was like, okay, maybe maybe that's just like one offhand comment that he sort of slipped up on and stuff like that. And listen, Elias can generate heel heat as we saw in Seattle, but the crowd doesn't want to boo him. Case in point, completing the heel turn on Monday Night Raw, that he has them eating out of the palm of his hand as he's crapping on them. They're worshiping him. They're not worthy. <laughs> It's mind-boggling. Just even the last couple months, Braun Strowman kind of healed babyface back and forth. Yes. Dolph Ziggler as well. Dana Brooke. Uh, uh, Rusev on SmackDown Rusev, this week. yeah. Everyone's going back and forth. I mean, uh, like Miz. Rusev a couple of times has done that within the Rusev Day stuff. You know, he was clearly over as a babyface. But he was still a heel. He was still a heel, but they were kind of facing him a little bit. And then they put him in the title match where they made him like a traditional heel again with AJ. It's very interesting. It's is it because maybe they feel like they got too many other baby faces in the mid card slash main event scene? I don't know that the, he's. But that sucks. If he's going back to a heel, is he just going to be jobbing out to other guys like a Finn Balor or whoever? I just don't get it. When you could have a ready made Intercontinental Championship feud with him and Bobby Lashley, and also it comes down to the fact that listen to the crowd. They don't want to boo this man. They like they worship this guy. They all walk with Elias. He's a ready-made rock-esque babyface, and they're I don't I this one to me like really pissed me off. Yeah, I'm with you it, too. And it, it's funny that it pissed me off because it involved Jeff Jarrett. But don't Dude, piss it was great. me off. Well, okay. By the way, it looks like Jeff Jarrett's been hired on as a producer, and yeah. so he's gonna be doing some behind-the-scenes stuff. So glad to see him come back once again, proving. You can pin, uh, piss off Vince. You, if, yeah, he'll event- do right by you. You'll eventually come back. By the way, I do love watching Jeff Jarrett throw punches. You yeah. know, it was very like old school style of wrestling versus the new school. So I thought, wow, like he still got it. Like in the ring, he can yeah, go a yeah, little bit. Dogs show up and they were doing with my baby tonight. Renee Young didn't know the words. And I loved Corey Graves just going, boo, because that's what I did. <laughs> that's 
so I love booing people in real life. So I thought DJ came out and like I, like DDT him. I thought that was great by Corey Graves just crapping on Renee. Like I love Renee Young and the job that she's doing at the desk. It was just a funny moment with her not actually knowing the getting put on the spot there. Well, I just want to know: Will Jeff Jarrett kind of still have more on screen stuff, or is that kind of it? You just be more in the behind the scenes. I think stuff. that was probably it. Okay. You know, I, I think he, you know, if you watch the table for three with him and Elias, you know, they obviously wanted to do some work together and stuff cool. like that. So I thought I thought that was a neat little thing. But again, not to have Elias be heel. Have Jarrett come out there as a heel, you know, have him be doing the ain't I great thing. You know, God, he was such a great prick. So uh, <laughs> just, just, well, well, quick side note, Jeff Jarrett. Who with wants w- to cheer a guy in that old outfit he was wearing? Nobody wanted to cheer that guy. <laughs> well, just, I love the cowboy hat, though. That no, took it's me, great. It was, he was a great heel, underrated from took the Took me 90s. back to like 94 and 95. Great matches with Shawn Michaels. I was just going to say real quick, um, <laughs> with, with Jeff Jarrett, I'm just curious now that he's working with WWE, is this partnership with NWA? And I know he was doing some other stuff recently. I guess that's all gone now. Probably. I'm sure Jarrett will probably start another promotion, sell it to TNA, and yeah. you keep flipping it. Dude, the guy... Guy flips more promotions. Anyway, it's it's holding hey, you more power to you, buddy. But he was more most recently start global force wrestling. <laughs> I'm gonna sell it back to TNA. Get ousted again by TNA and start another promotion. It's a never ending cycle. I know <laughs> it's amazing. Like uh, Cody Rhodes winning the the title, yeah. but I'm just saying he was most recently working with TNA. I'm uh, uh, NWA helped put on their uh, uh, I think 70th anniversary yeah. show. So and rightfully so. Yeah, which is cool. But the fact that okay. With WWE, must be just separating from that stuff. Yeah, and wrestling has a long uh, history of, like, I think if something made sense that he really wanted to be a part of, they'd let him do it. You know, like, when Taz was asked to go back and win the ECW championship, there's going to be things like that where they make exceptions to people's contracts and stuff. Yeah, The Elias heel turn for a guy that over is just... It's very disappointing, but um, let's move on. Kurt Angle was uh, on Monday Night Raw, uh, and... (laughs) Again, sort of in a, a circling back to something like way after the fact, we have Kurt Angle now getting this match that he never got against Baron Corbin. Baron um, was busy that night. Baron was a busy man. Pinning Kurt Angle off the deep six. Move even a I, finisher. A move I say. And it's, I was like, oh, can Kurt just not take the end of days? No, he could. He took it after the match. Uh, so I, that, that was an interesting call. Are we doing what I hope that they're doing is some type of Sort of almost like a la the rock bottom Ric Flair story arc where Rick was pretty low, lost to Rico, and then sort of built himself back up again. We're going to do like some type of redemption story arc with Kurt Angle. I hope so, because otherwise, I don't know, man. It's just kind of sad. I'm just like, dude, like, okay, when he lost to Drew, that was a great way to kind of put Drew over, which we all know in wrestling, the veterans, the older guys help put over the next generation, the younger talent. But at this point, like, this doesn't really... Do you think this helps Baron in any way? Like, I think it's a it's a huge win for Corbin. Yeah, finally. I mean, it's it's a really really big win for Corbin, the former constable. Yeah, can we say former? Is yeah, it former? former? The man formerly known as Constable. Uh, Does he have a, a title now? Yeah, it's just Baron Corbin. Just Baron Corbin. You know, when I first heard about him before I saw him wrestle, I thought he was like some regal dude. Like I thought his I didn't think Baron was his first name. I thought it was his title. Like you know, Baron's a title of nobility. So I, I didn't realize that was his name at first. I was like, oh. This, this guy's just a biker. Uh, <laughs> was he, what he's the Baron of Open Road? Uh, hey, Baron, Baron's cool with me. You saw he came up saying to me, "What's up?" at WrestleMania Radio Row. He yeah, likes me. Man, we're cool. People by the company they keep. <laughs> Woof. Woof. Uh, What's up, Baron? You and I, you know, we're tight. But, but I mean, this is this is a big win for him. I, I mean, maybe it leads to another match with Angle at WrestleMania, where Angle finally gets his his victory. And sort, I, I don't know. 
I hope it leads to something big and cool for Kurt, though. I want to see Kurt wrestle WrestleMania. Yeah. Again. Well, at this point, yeah, it, it, it's... Well, I mean, he has to go out there and probably do favors. I mean, but I, I think, yeah, at this point, Kurt's last two matches have been losses, so maybe he's due for one bit, one last victory and then goes out on top like that. Or do you think he can go long-term still? Or, I think he can still go. Or just I sporadic? Just of, I think it's a matter of WWE wants wants him to still go. Yeah, well, especially now that the GM role is completely gone. So you got to give kind of Kurt something to do every once in a while to keep yeah. him around fresh in people's minds. But I would like to, yeah, at some point maybe he gets one last big victory and it kind of reestablishes himself. So that way, if he does another favor for another younger talent, it kind of has a little more meaning behind it. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, we had Mojo Raleigh cutting a promo to himself in the mirror. I liked it. I was I, like, oh, he's back. It was no surprise to me that he was doing it in front of the mirror, but uh, I, I dig that. I like Mojo. I, I don't. I, I, it's another one that when they turned him heel, I was like, how is this character going to work as a heel? And he disappeared. Well, you think he'll be at the big game this weekend? I think he will be at the big game this weekend. Hanging out with Gronk? Yeah. I, dude, I would love for Gronk to come to WWE after his playing days are done. Dude, he is Gronk massive. Gronk the one member of the evil team at the big game that I really, really like. He should show up at halftime. No Rams. He, he should. <laughs> halftime, he Gronk comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, Mojo Rawley, so it looks like he might be in line for a push. Somewhat interesting. Yeah, it's it, well. This goes back to what December, the whole little little light restart on the reset on the roster. So guys like Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder, Mojo are yeah, trying to get some TV time again. Hey, I'm all in on the Kurt Hawkins, Seth, uh, Kurt Hawkins, and Zack Ryder uh, storyline as far as them reforming a team. Yeah, see, that's something that's cool because it's playing on the history. They're former tag team champions. I love they showed the old videos of them from like ten year, eleven years ago. Now I would love them to become the number one contenders for the tag team championships at WrestleMania. You know, you, ha- you, ha- you have them get a big win on pay-per-view where they finally become number one contender. It's a cool story for Hawkins and Ryder. I like that. I'd like to see them become tag champs again. I would love, though, you, let, let me ask you this. Do you think they should kind of uh, unify and kind of have, like, the same outfit again? Because right now they have two different, like, yeah, wrestling gear. I like Hawkins' uh, gear, though. You do? I, th- I think it works for him. I don't like it at all. I, I, it wouldn't work on everybody, but it works for him. With the little yeah. leotard? No. I, yeah. I No, I, I want them wearing the same outfit, even though they got to go back to, like, both wearing pants, like what they did as edgeheads back in the day. I'd rather like them go like that. I mean, the hair they keep whatever if they want to grow it long. Man, back in those old videos of them back in two thousand eight, I didn't realize how much they look alike. Oh, I know with the long hair and the yeah. highlights and all that. I mean, now they look much more different because their natural hair is growing. But dude, back in the day, they were like twins. I, I'm I'm really big into uh, into that storyline though. So I hope they I hope they get a push. They came up short against the revival, but let's see where it goes from there. We got to talk about uh, the Ronda Rousey promo segment. Uh, so they announced that she was doing an open challenge. She came out there, was getting uh, booed pretty vociferously, but was sort of just pressing on with her promo. She started off really, and listen, we've said many times, Ronda Rousey has been a grand slam for WWE, and that nothing has changed here. But it was sort of a weird promo where she starts about, like, very quietly talking about her dreams, and if they're not big enough, it was very bizarre. Uh, and then, you know, the crowd seemed to be really getting to her, which is fine. She stuttered a little you know, bit. You know, because there there is an aspect of Ronda that even when she screws up on the mic, um, because of her background and where she came from, there is this aspect of, oh, was that supposed to happen? And stuff like that. And that's that's good. So well, I was hoping this it, was an awkward 
It was very awkward. And I don't know why the crowd is turning on her like that. Undeserved. We saw it in L.A. at a Survivor Series weekend. It just doesn't make sense. I don't know if it's a combination of like, okay, in the ring she's delivering great matches, but maybe the promos are not there to back it up. Or maybe people people are feeling like her character's not developing along the the Nikki Bella promo was tremendous. I think I think she's shown ability. Like she might not be the best silver tongue devil on the mic, but I think she's delivered in every aspect. The issue is she's going to be pitted against the most overact in all of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. She did not deserve what happened to her in L.A. She didn't deserve to be to be booed throughout the, this promo segment. I like she did get thrown off, even her laughing and admitting, "Okay, you guys made me stutter." That was kind of cringy and awkward and stuff like that. I was hoping at that moment she would like turn things, turn the switch, and be like, "Like shut the f up! What do you guys want?" And like turn into like just badass mode, calling people out, and it's like. You guys want me coming out here smiling all the time? No, this is the real me. Wherever I go, I'm royalty when it comes to kicking ass or I don't know something. I think you got to be able to, yeah, read the room in terms of what kind of promo you want Ronda to go out there and deliver. Uh, And I think that was just kind of tone deaf with what they had, what they asked of her uh, on Raw this week. In terms of the the nonsensical face and heel turns, this one books itself. Turn Ronda heel. Mm -hmm. She's she's primed for it. She undeserved. She has. She has the, the right motivations to become evil because the people turned their and the people boo, as the Rock used to say, and they they turned on her. Well, so make her a heel. They're not going to boo Becky. You got to know. You got to roll with that. Totally. Well, she could easily spin it and be like, "Listen, I came in here and I've accomplished more in the last year than any other wrestler ever." And you guys boo me. You don't embrace my success. Like she can, because, you know, Sasha was throwing it back at her. It's like, everything's been handed to you. Everyone here knows it. You don't deserve all this. She could play. It says, I do deserve this. I came out here and delivered time and time again. And you guys don't like that. Like, what else do I need to do to prove to you guys that I am the best here? I'm successful wherever I go. Like she could totally play up that angle. No, no doubt about it. But like, so it was cool seeing Bailey come out and challenge her. Bailey Put on a great match with her. They had a phenomenal match. Yeah. Bailey was very well received by the crowd, which was nice to hear again because they were doing the yeah they were singing they were serenading Bailey. I want to know. Yeah, they were serenading Bailey again, which was was just warmed my heart to hear again. And she's been booking pretty good. Final four, yeah, at the, she did which very I did. Well I, the Rumble. I picked her in shame, our pool. Shame on me for not having her in the, in the final. I got four the final the four for the. I got the final four for the women's Royal Rumble. Correct. Oh, good for you. That's what got me in first place. Uh, tie, uh, but <laughs> the but the, you're right though. But I wanted to talk about Bailey coming out there because. So they announced on commentary there was an open challenge. Mm-hmm. Ronda floundered in the in the in the promo segment, um, and then Bailey comes out. There it was a fine promo, but it was very awkward because Ronda seemed to just stop talking and never got to the part where she said it was an open challenge. And then Bailey just came out there seemingly to try and save the promo. Okay, and then yeah. Ronda just held up the title, and you hear Michael Cole on commentary goes, "Oh, Ronda Rousey apparently accepting." It just was, okay. it was all so cringy. Yeah. But then they put on a great match, led to Becky coming out there. What do you think about the Becky Ronda well, interaction? I was just gonna say real quick. Okay, Sasha. Hey, even though she lost to Ronda at Royal Rumble, still looked very strong. Been put in a very high spotlight. You know, 2018, you could say she was kind of mediocre as far as what she's been booked. So she's been booked very strong in the last month. Bailey, 
final four in the Royal Rumble. She's right there with Sasha. They're, you They're know, winning the tag title. That's what I'm, that's what I'm leaning to. It's like in this great match against Ronda. I think they're the early on favorites to win the the yeah. women's tag titles. Yeah, that, that's what I'm getting at with that. But the match itself, great. And it's like, I think the crowd was just waiting for Becky to come. Of course. Even though early on in the night they said Seth must make a decision. And, that, and Becky would make her decision on SmackDown. Smack, but the fact that Becky showed up, I was like, whoa, okay, I guess we're uh, jumping script here and doing it tonight. So I think that got the crowd really amped up. And I'm glad she came. It was like a little bit of, it was a surprise. Great promo. Yeah. Oh, my God. Both of them. That's what I'm saying. Ronda, when she gets, I don't want to say heel mode, but when she drops the smile. She goes into her, she's in the cage. Yes. At that point. You in know? the corner. She's in the octagon, and she's a she's an absolute killer. And there is, again, that aspect where it's like the crowd really did bother her, where it's like, you know, if I wanted to, I could actually kill you with yes. my bare hands. How often do they say kill in yeah, a promo? In this day and age. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... And I like her little mic drop, throw down angry thing. I think that works for her. I like it. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, play them to that. Like, she should be the female version of Brock Lesnar as far as this unstoppable force who's a badass on the mic, calls out the BS, lays it all out there, delivers these top matches. So I just, for me, that's what kind of my little hiccup is. I love watching her wrestle. She delivers... But the promos sometimes can be hit or miss as far as getting me more emotionally involved and like wanting to like see more of her. And in that, as far as the words, like I'll, don't get me wrong, I will watch her wrestle anytime. She's killing it there, no pun intended, what she just said. But she goes out and delivers. Sorry. She delivers. And, but I just. I'm tired of her constantly smiling and be like, oh, geez, like, hey, yeah, you know, I love you. Two faces. I'm like, I, I love showing respect and I appreciate everything you've done. Hey, no, drop that and go into like, who wants some of me now? I beat everyone in this division in less than a year. Who wants me now? I, I agree with you. I loved her line when she said, I own the ground beneath my feet and stuff like that. that it was it was great when she finally got into that. So kudos to Rhonda for being able to recover from, yes. from the early hiccup early in the night. She not only recovered in the ring having a great match with Bailey, but then to have a, such a fierce standoff where she held her own with Becky. Now, do I think Becky got the better of the exchange? Sure. But in terms of a in terms of a Rhonda still being a relative rookie, she held her own very nicely yes. and becky's really shown her ability to sort of almost a champa level of like tweaking uh via social media and in the ring with her promo oh, yeah, skills yeah, yeah. and stuff like that so th- i thought that was very cool uh and i'm i'm so stoked for hopefully them to keep this a one-on-one match at wrestlemania and we'll we'll get into to smackdown here in a minute but before we do seth and brock you know the showdown going to be Seth v. Brock. Well, real Seth- quick, Drew and Baron partnering up now. It's like, dude, why can't Drew just do his thing on his own? Yeah, that was that was the whole thing. Again, you got Braun Strowman circling back to get revenge on Drew McIntyre two months after. They're like reduxing something yeah. so far after the fact. Yeah. Just But maddening. anyway, but yeah, Seth. And Taking Bob. like the gajillion F5s and saying, I didn't, I didn't like that. Is that all you got after that many F5s? Have him do it after the first or second one. But then after like the however many he took, just you're down, dude. Like it's, it's, Stay the, down. it's the big move. So I, I, I could have done without that at that point. But Seth and Brock at Mania, it's going down to. Did he officially say I want you? Like Becky said, I want you, Rhonda. No, I that's choose what's you. Going down. Well, yeah, I mean, of course they put it on social already, yeah. the image. But like Becky says, I pick you. Let me ask you, you this: choose, choose, choose me, like yeah. Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick, just. 
let's say, you know, hey, Becky beats Ronnie. I love how she calls her Ronnie. Yes, even on Instagram just now. Let me ask you this. If Becky defeats Ronda at WrestleMania, does she jump to Raw then? I think so, yes. Okay, so this could be kind of good for her as far as fresh start on Raw because she's been on SmackDown this whole time since the brand split happened. So yeah. this could be really good for her to be on the A show eventually. So, But anyway, yeah, Brock and uh, Seth, <laughs> it is what it is as far as Brock coming out there, get in their face, do a couple F5s, go on home. I mean, what yeah. else? Okay. Good, we, good promo from Paul Heyman, though. Yeah, it's, we still got... Two and a half months to build up on this. So yeah. do you think this is going to be official during that whole time? There'll be no little, little trickery or switching well, up. Maybe they'll have to have Seth defend his one number one contender status, maybe against Dean or somebody. I don't know whatever they're going to do with him, but okay. I, I could see that. Uh, it's a, wow. They got two and a half months to play with this. Like that. Well, yeah. That's like eight, nine episodes of raw. Like they got to get through. Yeah. <laughs> so just, well, hopefully the build befits the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back to SmackDown, we had Becky Lynch kicking off the show. And Wait, before you get into that, follow in the click on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Nice. Just saying. Fast forward through that one. <laughs> Got him! <laughs> All right, but we love y'all. Uh, we had Becky Lynch kicking off SmackDown, another great promo, but then, uh, as Becky Lynch said on social media, hashtag shoehorn Charlotte, uh, trying to worm her way into this match and everything like that. Uh, I don't like it. I, I think this is the way, like you just alluded to, there's a lot of time in between... Ronda and Becky at WrestleMania. So have Becky put her number one contender spot on the line, either at Elimination Chamber or Fastlane, and have Becky defeat Charlotte, go into WrestleMania looking super strong. Do not put Charlotte in this match. Have Charlotte versus Asuka at WrestleMania Part 2. That one, yeah, writes itself. It's a sequel. You're in a making. Asuka, like, losing to Charlotte. The streak was over. Kind of had a rough, you know, summertime, just being Naomi's partner, not being the main title scene. But towards the end of 2018, started building up her momentum again, winning the title at TLC. You can flash back to that and just how strong she's been booked ever since then, beating Becky at Royal Rumble. So they can even say she beat both of them at TLC. She beat Becky at Royal Rumble. So it kind of writes herself as far as establishing Asuka as her own powerhouse yeah. already. Charlotte should be wanting revenge against her and yeah. and, and getting back that title and it makes sense because that, like I said last week, give us Oscar versus Charlotte, Becky versus Ronda, tag titles, women's tag titles on the line, and then the Battle Royal. That's four great matches right there for the women's give division. Give me Naomi versus Mandy. Yeah, that, that too. I mean, right there, that's four or five matches that writes itself already for WrestleMania. That's like a third of the show right there already uh, planned out. That's what you think, baby. <laughs> I know. Extending it to a 12-hour show. But I'm just saying WrestleMania like, is going to be a two day event in a couple of years. I mean, it kind of is with takeover. Com- no, but I mean, like the literal WrestleMania card is going to be two days. How do you it's do going that? to have to. It's just it's going to have to be two different two days of shows. Oh, we're going to have a nap time in between. Dude, it's, it's just it's too big. You're going to have the pre-show. You're getting like a, a break. God, they have a pre-show for both. And then, and then they go like two hours. You get a nap. And in my opinion, it's trending in the wrong like. WrestleMania, not everybody deserves on, to be on the card. Yeah, I'm, that's true. It, it's it, a privilege. Yes, that's why it's it's an honor to like I wrestled WrestleMania. Like I remember, I remember WrestleMania 23. Uh, Carlito was like complaining on social media 
or early proto social media, whatever it was at the time. What was, what's the old video thing they were trying to promote? He probably did like a live journal or a Zanga or a Periscope or something like that. <laughs> where he, he was he was complaining about not being on the card at WrestleMania. And I remember talking with my friends, uh, the infamous four-year run. He like, put dude, on Friendster. Dude, dude, who is, yeah, exactly. Well, he went on, yeah, MySpace. his live journal. You like what? move WWE creative down his top eight. Uh, Tom from MySpace back then. But he was complaining about not having a match. And I remember talking with friends. It's like, dude, not everybody deserves to be in a match at WrestleMania. What yeah. a four-year run thing. He, was he saying, agreed. Yeah, that's okay, what we were saying. Okay. So he's just like, I thought he was going to troll you. Says, yeah, he should be there spitting no, apples. I mean, listen, we we wanted Ric Flair versus Carlito. Like that that was like sort of what was going on at the time. One of Ric Flair's all-time greatest promos when he called out Carlito. If you haven't seen it. Go out there and watch it. Maybe I'll post it on my Instagram. I got uh, Bimbo.jimbo uh, on Instagram. After falling out in the click. Well, both simultaneously. Yeah. Very easy to find both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, just, you know, look it up and. Yeah, add in the click on. We are dude, awful people, and this you, is already a long show. You should be following Chris Jericho on Instagram and following his IG stories. Dude, that was very cool that he shared, shared, I know. shared you grinning like a Cheshire cat and all your AEW gear. <laughs> Thank you to my brother Tommy for taking a photo. We honestly <laughs> took like 20 photos. All right, <laughs> let's get back on track because we are so over time here. Dude, that, what were we even talking about? Um, um, uh, 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 Becky versus Ronda, Charlotte versus Asuka. Yeah. Not everyone could be on WrestleMania. Yeah. Right to itself already, these four women, potential women matches. But yeah, Charlotte, don't. I don't want a triple threat for the Raw title. I want. I don't want a triple, even if there's no title. I don't want a triple threat between Becky and Ronda. This is. This is the dream match. That we've been waiting for already at this point two and a half months. Yes. To make up for the Raw incident with the bloody face and all that stuff. Yeah, it's such a great organic payoff for it. This is what we want. Uh, you know, like like Becky said on Raw, like, I told you I'd find my way back to you. This is like last of the Mohicans. Like, I will find you. And like, just... It, it's so, it's like an evil version of that. But I'm thinking Liam Neeson and Taken. Yeah, I will it is. find you. It's, she found her way back to her. It's the match we were cheated out of because of sloppy Naya. And even even that, it's it's all become the better story for it. Like her eliminating Naya Jax, it's all actually just played into their hands to be an even better story than had we, yeah, had we had not gotten it. So don't muddy it up. You don't need Charlotte in this match. Have Becky beat Charlotte along the way in the road to WrestleMania. Reestablish to tell, herself. To tell even the better story. But Charlotte doesn't need to be in this match uh, at WrestleMania. Now I get it. Charlotte, she's a flair. And there is like that's name of names. Yeah. But you don't need her. Let me ask you this. Okay. Hypothetically, knock on wood, weapon if Charlotte enters, it's a triple threat. What do you do with Asuka though at WrestleMania? That's where I'm getting as well. If you I, don't I think there's a lot of credible challengers for, for really? Asuka at WrestleMania. But that it will give it the name value. To be on the main show because I feel like if Charlotte doesn't take on Oscar, I can easily see the women's SmackDown right. title just put on the pre-show. Yeah, you could be right. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, I want Oscar on the main show, so I feel like if she doesn't get Charlotte as an opponent. That's going to be a disservice to her and her placement on the card come WrestleMania. Yeah, that's that's a valid point. Uh, we talked a little bit about already uh, with our Truth winning the U.S. Championship on SmackDown. You know what? In spite in, in Rusev turning heel, but our Truth beating them both on the same night. All uh, our boy Chris Jericho, like uh, not exactly Austin and Rock, but hey, you beat Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev both on the same night. Uh, that's a banner evening for Mr. R-Truth in WWE. I'm happy for the guy, too, because he's, he's for as old as he is, he's in fantastic shape. He can still go. He's entered. I like his pairing with Carmella. Friend of the I, podcast, I mean, too. Remember, we did interview him technically. Uh, yeah. Good old K-Quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I I really I was really happy for Truth. Yeah, because he hasn't won a title in what seven years, I think, whatever it's been, and he's been more of a comedic wrestler. I mean, he does a great job at what is given to him or what's asked of him. Yeah. So to his credit, he's been a very professional guy for WWE, and I think a lot of fans just love him for that. He go out and delivers so much. But I'm glad this was a make good for technically not getting his chance into the Royal Rumble against Scrooge. It was a very, it made sense too. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah. And he's got a title now. So I'm curious what he could do with this. I mean, I, I assume it might be a short ter- short reign. I hope they give, you know what? I, I like Truth. I like it, what he's been doing. Again, the pairing with Carmella. Feel, I think he needs to stop doing the what's up thing. But other than that, I, I, I'm, on the, I'm on the Truth train. Dude, it was a great weekend for him. He was over, uh, was it Saturday, opening up for uh, Jack Swagger? Yeah. He was singing, Dude, doing his rap way, song. Big congratulations to Jack Swagger. Friend of the podcast. Jake, Jake Hager, uh, you know, winning his MMA debut at Bellator uh, via submission. Very cool. Uh, and nothing but, uh, you know, kudos to him and best of luck uh, should, uh, furthering his MMA career. We should but get him on at some point. We should absolutely get him on. But moving on with, uh, with SmackDown. Uh, the Miz and Shane segment continuing, and Shane bringing out Miz's dad. Uh, I, again, just continuing of what I think is kind of a silly storyline. What did you think? Well, it's just, I mean, it's just funny to me. because, Like I said earlier, like on the reality show, Miz's dad is like his biggest fan. Yeah. And like Miz says, I can't go anywhere without my dad telling people, do you know who my son is? So it's like this whole angle is the opposite. Like, it was just great because, like, you could tell, like, Miz's face. I think he's just so happy that he gets to have a moment on TV oh, with course. his dad in the ring. So, and you could tell, like, Miz's dad, he was loving every second of yeah. it. He was smiling. So, over, I enjoyed it for what it was. If you just, but based on the overall whole storyline, you know, we're still just very concerned about where this is going. I know there was a rumor Shane was going to turn heel. I wonder. At some point, they're going to lose the titles, and that's when Shane turns on Miz, and then they're eventually rumor is going to their own one-on-one match at WrestleMania. Yeah. But for the time the Miz being, turning heel, which yeah, ooh, Miz is, should be a heel. It's dumb. But for the time being, that segment, I got, I got kicked out. It was just cool seeing Miz, Miz's dad coming out with the baseball jersey on. Yeah, so, I did like the the Miz baseball jersey, but <laughs> so yeah, no, but hey, like I said, for the moment itself, it was great. I'm sure Miz personally, like real life, is happy. He got to share a moment with his dad in the ring. So, hey, it yeah. is what it is. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but yeah, it, it, like you said, it is what it is. Uh, the real standout moment at the end of SmackDown, though, Daniel Bryan uh, <laughs> admitting that he was a hypocrite because he was carrying around that leather title and unveiling his new WWE Championship belt, which is made out of pure hemp and like little, like, like not puka shells, but just little other, like little rock and like stones and stuff like Ooh, that. From a fallen tree. It's, it was, <laughs> I mean, the eco-friendly belt, eco-friendly belt as the planet's champion and his first planeteer, Eric Rowan unveiled it. Just Rowan. Smackdown. Yeah. Just Rowan. I like when course. he came out. He had like the recycle sign as the O. Yeah. Dude, they could do the recycle sign around the R. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe that's copyright. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, well, he's recycled enough gimmicks, so I guess it makes sense. Where's the hammer? I want the hammer no still. Hammers. I want the hammer back with No him. hammers. But uh, I love this new title. It's just the new Daniel Bryan, even though the timing is off, that amazing. In it's his a- segment at the fan access at Royal Rumble, throwing away all of the AJ Styles vests and, like, name him. This was Daisy. This was Betsy. This was so <laughs> – that was great. And, like, him being like, look – they're selling a shirt. I've already told them not to. I don't want you to buy that shirt. I see you wearing that shirt. I want to punch you in the face.
face. It was just great. We should try a test. If we go to Mania, Axis. I'm sure he'll punch us in the face. Well, you'll see you. But what did you think of the new title? I mean, I love how spot on it is to the original. Yeah. Like, the detail. I was like, damn. I was like, wow. I was really impressed how, how good it looks. And so for the time being, for his character purpose, as far as continuing on with it, I think it's great for the time being. I just want to know eventually how they'll bring back the the original title. Like, I'm sure whoever beats him for it eventually down the road. No, that's just what we have now. Forever. He threw it away, bro. <laughs> Unless Duke the Dumpster Drozzy gets it, that thing's gone. Repo Man comes and finds it too somehow. Just like that, That's gone now. So Hulk Hogan's like it's unless like yeah. I want to I want can I get the belt for a photo? You gotta use this you one. You gotta use what's, that one, dude. What the he, he threw it away. It's gone. That'd be funny if he goes on Raw and makes the Universal title as well. He's like, we gotta keep this equal on both shows. You gotta get an eco-friendly title as well, Brock. He's killing it though, man. Yeah, but it was cool that you know he showed up on Raw even though he didn't actually come to the ring. So he was busy on both nights. Yeah, it was just nice showing the possibility of Seth teasing it. But it was, I mean, but what happened afterwards, as far as all the guys coming out to the ring? Yeah. And so he's going to be defending his title at Elimination Chamber. Samoa Joe killing it on the mic. Oh, my God. Like murdered everybody in the ring. Dude, like just roasting all of them. I like. Eventually, I want to see Samoa Joe as world champion at some point. I think he's been going out there killing it on the mic and he's been intense, just beating people up. It's just, he deserves to be champion at some point, hopefully in 2019. That's what I'm hoping for. Just going out there, I think just come. It's really cool. I like all six guys. I think this is a really great elimination chamber as well. It is because it seems like it's obvious both Royal Rumble winners have been very focused on Raw and those titles. So it kind of frees up SmackDown to kind of a little more freedom and looks like they'll be the focus their roster will be the focus of Elimination Chamber, which is cool. And it's great. Like, all six guys, it represents kind of like the past, present, and future. No pun intended of the opening montage every week on Raw and SmackDown. But seeing all six of them, I was like, this is a pretty cool combination for Elimination Chamber type match. So I'm excited for the pay-per-view already. That's still a couple weeks away. Yeah. And that ended SmackDown. And that is as good a place as any to conclude this Royal Rumble length uh, in the Click Podcast. <laughs> the Royal Rumble match. I mean, thanks for hanging with us. And if we didn't say it before, please follow us on all of our social medias at in the Click on Instagram and Twitter, on Facebook, and email us in the Click at gmail.com. You know, we didn't do last week. I thought of it afterwards. We should have done like all time great. Royal Rumble moments or matches you should go back and watch on we the got network. Plenty of years to do this, baby Huey. I know. This is just one Royal Rumble. <laughs> I recommend uh, was it ninety two Royal Rumble. One more plug on our way out the door. Again, all pro wrestling uh Friday. Uh and it's gonna be great. You're gonna see J- Johnny Mundo, Johnny Gimmick name, uh <laughs> challenging for the APW Universal Championship against her boy Jacob Fatu. Dude, what happened if he does win it and he's awesome. impact and the Universal Champion? Dude, they both come in the ring with their respective yeah, titles. It'd be cool. Oh, it'd be great dude. for Jake no matter what. But that's gonna be a fun time out. You can see Ty, you can see Jungle Boy, the latest AEW signing. So come out Friday night to see APW. Are we gonna be out there? We will be out what there. What should we wear? Should we wear our AEW shirts? We'll figure that we get out. Get a photo with Jungle Boy. We'll 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 work that out off the yeah, <laughs> but with that, that is going to do it for us for this edition of In the Click for Baby Huey. I'm Bimbo Jimbo, and remember, if you're not in the click. See ya, and I wouldn't want to be ya.